But I gathered you grew up nice and sheltered with mama's pretty stories and your own made up theory. And mama gave me a magic clicker. Well, yes, I think it's true and fair to say. You know, just before we started recording, because uh, we had to ask, because Ed is kind of like the Canadian Chandler Bing, as far as, shut the fuck up, fucking computer there, sorry. Oh, uh, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> wow, this took a really hard turn. No, 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 sorry, my, just me, just irrationally fucking <laughs> down talking to my- No, I don't uh, want these window alerts. I but like uh, Ed, Ed's kind of become like the Canadian Chandler Bing, where we kind of try to figure out what he does like on the side for income, aside oh from God. like his composer uh, revenue or, and everything. Or maybe else. like How I Met Your Mother, where they can't figure out what Barney's job is, and he just goes, "Please, like, <laughs> just <laughs> ne- never discussed." <laughs> yeah, this motherfucker. I'm like, it, it's just the the sequence of events in my timeline uh, where I'm just trying to catch up on like. What the fuck is the Stanley Cup? Like, what is this? And like, I'm I'm like getting into it, and out comes oh, fucking Ed on this. Twitter, where I just look at that. I'm like, if there was a male version of the Stanley Cup, that's it. That is what it is. And Ed is just showing it off. He's got this fucking Super Mario Mason jar. I'm like, that is the male version of the Stanley it was, Cup. It was a cheese whiz jar. But but see, where cheese I whiz come... comes in glass jars. Yeah. Oh, wow. No. Uh, they always have up here. I don't know. I was say it's, it's, it's just aerosol over here. It's yeah, like, it's just aerosol over yeah. here. Oh, just, yeah, that's right. You, it's, what do they call that? Easy cheese or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> ours, ours, you, is, ours is more bougie, I guess. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's got that, that frog and toad like energy where it's just spreadable, or the Wallace and Gromit oh. energy where it's just spreadable on some toast and oh, yeah. <laughs> it just comes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally spreadable. You just put it on a knife, away you go. Uh, but yeah. Hmm. No, this that that particular jar is uh, from 1989. Man, yeah, just no, dude, stumbled across it too. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. just f- find this normally. See, like I I come like you say bougie, but I I have that bohemian upbringing where like a mason jar or a jar of any kind can just be a future cup. Uh, if you wash it right, so that's fair, so, right? <laughs> and don't mix it yeah. up with other stuff. That's like in our household. If you go into the fridge and there's a country crock bucket, like the the butter tub, like make sure you open that before you figure out if it's actually butter or not, because it could be grease, it could be <laughs> leftovers, it could be anything you want. Yeah, dude. On the like, topic we, of that, on the topic of that though, I mean, I, I guess I should clarify. Okay, so bougie is one is saying it one way, but really, our bougie cheese is actually very expensive. We've actually tiered it out, Deruna and I, how cheese works. So you've say, got you, your you like cheese rations. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've we've got bougie cheese, which is like your very expensive. Uh, buy a small wedge for like thirteen dollars cheese, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got like premium cheese, which would be like your Saputo. It's very high quality cheese. That's more general purpose for like pizza or like lasagna or something like that. And then we have what do we call it? We call it peasant cheese. <laughs> which, is, which is just like uh-huh. your regular bricks of like craft or whatever, right? Or like sure. Cracker Barrel. So that's 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 peasant cheese. But then we get mm. to like cheese slices and like yes. uh, cheese whiz and stuff. 
<laughs> and uh, we call it poverty cheese. Now, I will say this. Struggle cheese, dude. Yes, it is. And Str- I feel... Okay, struggle cheese would be the... Uh, okay, I'll say poverty cheese is the uh, slices because they're a little more you know expensive. And then struggle cheese is the cheese whiz. I kind of feel like... And you seem like you're quite a cheese connoisseur. A little. I, I bet you don't even fuck with shredded cheese. You say, get that shit out of here. I'm shredding my own. If you give me a bag of shredded cheese, I will throw it in your face. Here's the thing I, about shredded cheese, though. They, they've got a... They, they add a bit of a... It's, it's I don't want to call it a powder. It, maybe it's a starch I, yes. of some kind. But yes. it doesn't melt properly. No, and, and they do that. It, it's a thing they add to keep it from... Congealing. I mean, yeah, basically, like going bad, and it doesn't stick. And it's it's oh, like yeah. it's like how metals can like contact fuse in space because they're the same element. Yep, exactly. Like you're trying to keep this cheese separated. It doesn't ever mm. want to play along or clump up or do That's anything. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, Jesus but Christ. that transfers over to your pizza too, which is no bueno. Right. Hey, right. I I live with the privilege of being in an ag state so like our fucking <laughs> our cheese don't fuck around and you know what's funny right. is i was just thinking about it, i'm like man when's the last time we've recorded a press pause video oh yeah the pro wrestling episode are we really going to record one this year doing a fucking tier list of cheese absolutely man oh, I, I do, yes i got my charcuterie stuff ready to go i'm oh I'm dude charcucci I've, I've been prepared yes 100 uh, man charcuterie is dead it's all about the snackle box Excuse me? Yeah, beg pardon? Like, what, what subscription have you, like, it, not talked to us about is, for? <laughs> is, it, is this, like, a tackle box with, like, club crackers? And you've hit the nail directly on the head. It is perfectly shaped for that, too. I never, ever thought about that. Wow. 100%. It's got to be done. Yeah. Damn, dude. Like, for, first with the fucking arcade sticks that you've made, and now you're revolutionizing the charcuterie game. <laughs> like, you're just you're just turning everyone on on the side of their like heads it's like no we are going to do something different i just it, it's been right there in front of us this whole time too well to I be fair i can't take credit f- i can't take all the credit for it but i did see it once and i'm like oh yeah that, uh, i have to do that it's new to us man it's new to us it's, yeah so. no snackle box that's a that's a revolution right there that's that's but, the 4d chess of charcucci <laughs> i mean kind of yeah but speaking of new to us oh dude yes so because I was kind of debating logistics. I've never really done a show notes for a Golden Zonkeys episode, but like, if we're really going to do this cheese tier shit, we got to do it right. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it it's been a it's been a year, certainly been a year uh, in in 2023, and uh, between Stanley Cups and just you know, I think. I've probably said it with my chest a few other times, but I'll say it out and proud with no hesitation. Man, Jeff Keeley is a fucking twat. Like, mm. the dude is just a clueless. God, whatever we do in the next uh, couple of hours will monumentally uh, surpass any of the quote-unquote energy that he, he tried to put into the fucking recognition game of of the video game industry. Because God fuck, I, I still have yet to like properly get angry over that that whole um, production with you guys. We are here to record the Golden Zonkeys uh, for 2023. This is Press Pause Radio's proprietary uh, award system where we arbitrarily hand out awards 
to games that we believe deserve recognition in the year 2023. And uh, as is tradition with any other of the previous years, there are some amendments to the invisible guidelines that direct us on our choices and what uh, is the criteria that we <clears throat> excuse me, rely upon in uh, choosing and making those decisions that we will be able to cover with you all shortly as uh, we get into it. We, we have a lot to a lot of ground to cover, so really hope you're, you know, taking the opportunity to listen to us on, on another one of your shitty drives to the day job. If not, kick up, relax, and let's just talk about some video games. Like um, Cut some and cheese, pour some wine. What's, Cana Ooh, what's Canadian Stanley Cup before I go on? Is it just Stanley Cup? It's the Stanley Cup. The, hot, the, hot, the hockey thing. I was, I, I, I've never, I, I opened the door as wide as I could. I'm like, please, please run right into it. And he did it. He did it. We didn't rehearse that, ladies and no. gentlemen. I promise no. we didn't. <laughs> I, I, I think he was kind of expecting it too. He's like, I, this fool's going to ask what the Stanley Cup is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. This is Georgie Boy's ex. Um, and I, I have been a very selfish host in the last couple of, uh, episodes that we recorded. I always put these poor, like my, my poor co-hosts through the ringer and recording super fucking late into the night after them, you know, trying to do their day. So we're recording in the start of the day and it's a little earlier for me than them. So if I sound oh like my, yes, it is early for you, sir. Yeah, so I'm just kind of shaking off the cobwebs a little bit. Rolled out um, of bed and into the chair. Right. Dude, and your internal... One motion. Your internal uh, alarm clock as you get older, it's frightening. It kind of sticks with you. Mm. Um, I don't know. It just... It, I'm it's always weird, awake though. before my dumb alarm. It sucks. Oh, yeah. Within like 15 minutes, I'm like, well, I'm up. <laughs> no sense to try to close my eyes anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it, it it's just the cruel fate that the guy who's audibly said for years on end that um he hates sleep. I still do. I hate the concept of sleep. I hate the idea that I'm gonna lose an average of twenty six years of my fucking existence to it. Um that I always do everything I can to maximize my 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 awake time, my ability to be lucid and conscious. Mm -hmm. Uh and I have now gotten to the point through this abuse of my body that if I were to be horizontal for too long, I would just fall asleep. No questions asked. <laughs> like, no questions asked, dude. Your, your body just goes into an automatic sleep mode. Yep. Mm. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm just an Apple product at this point. So, mm. <laughs> fucking. Uh, but anyway, how are, how are you fine folks doing? You guys, we got the holiday weekend ahead of us. So, Ed, mm. I, I've missed you tremendously. Please. T tell me, like, what are you planning for your holiday weekend, aside from just, like, you know, maybe vegging and 
playing some of the shit we're talking about. Wait, there's a holiday weekend coming up? Maybe for Wait, you. Uh, yeah, in the States there probably is. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's all good. Yeah, my kids are off school tomorrow, uh, so they're they're happy as could be. Ch- chances are real good I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The grind don't stop. No, it don't. Well, I hope you, I hope you have a good rest of your. Uh, we're recording on Sunday, so I hope it's a good rest of your Sunday. I mean, I mean, I uh, I did have Friday off. I had to go get a oh, go. Pr- prescription refilled and stuff. I didn't know how long that was going to take, so I just took the day. But uh, I guess I guess it was all right. Mm. I got some pills. There you uh, go. Dude, I got it's ch- important. Very important. I got to change my pharmacy because my pharmacy is starting to. I I don't know if it's just the economic turnover and just resources, but. The drive-through line is starting to look worse than in and out, like it's bad. <laughs> it's backed all up. Yeah, it's backed up into the fucking road. Like it is around the shopping center and then some. Wait, a drive-through so. pharmacy? Yeah, that's very oh, yeah. that's very American. I've never Ye- seen such a thing. <laughs> we had what really? We had, we had drive-throughs <laughs> for everything. Yeah. It's... <laughs> wow. No, <laughs> surprise me now. <laughs> it's the drive-through that like. Uh, just always set me back and it and it finally closed down but it really fucked me up was drive through subway only because um, it's weird we, it but like it, it you know how like uh, if you've been to an in and out there's uh just a very like intrusive fucking uh full glass window panel wall of like their just process back back there to where you can see along the drive through at least most of ours uh the subway has its make table like just bubbled out of the wall so that way like and there's a speaker panel alongside it so you can just slowly drive and talk and i'm just like you know at that point just fucking go inside like just go inside like that's that's a whole part of subway at this point is that like you get to watch them make the sandwich like it's and you kind of have to there's just too much that goes into it um but that was always the silliest drive through to me um I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, dude. There's almost a drive-through for everything. Mm-hmm. We do have like, a drive-through beer store here, though. Yeah, well, th- those are uh, actually like. Is it same for you? Like we actually drive through it, like it's like a garage. No, no, <laughs> oh, it's, it's more. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's like <laughs> ours. Is like you drive through it, they hand you the stuff, and then you drive out. Like it's like. It's kind of the same. It's still outdoors, but like there's a roller. Okay. There's a roller system. Yeah. Whoa. That sounds very high tech. Wow. Fancy. Now, our grocery stores used to have that until they took them out to uh, you know reduce costs. I cost. do remember. I do remember the rollers. Yeah, our grocery store did too. Like your shit would like roll up in like these like the like in the buckets they have at airports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean they kind of do that now. What did happen to that? Yeah. Yeah. But man, it's not the same. No. No. Oh. No. Definitely not the same. Wow. We are outdating <laughs> ourselves so horribly bad <laughs> right now. <laughs> The PPR boomer when, cast. Yeah, yeah. When you used to drink water from the garden hose. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a garden funny. hose, I'd still drink from it. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, dude. So that way you can just get permanent lead poisoning face anytime yes. somebody tries to explain to you the simplest of shit, like in public. Someone oh, did man. that to me recently, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go do what you told me to do. I don't need any more context. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. See ya. Right, yeah, yeah. We'll find out one way or the other, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> Uh, well, I I still appreciate the fact that you had a Friday off to decompress, and I can only imagine. Like I know you got the stream last night. I like I said, dude, I went horizontal. I did overtime yesterday, uh, slept a little bit, and even then, Val was just like, 
you're going to bed right now? I'm like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to play Alan Wake, and then I'll go back to sleep. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just what I'm doing, and that's exactly what I did. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll get to more about, like, because at this point, I think I've I've reached the peak of where um, it is. I don't believe it's the best game in 2023, but it might be my favorite. Hmm. Like the, uh, there's ones where like it might what I believe to be the best I honestly enjoyed more, but it was on a different way. It was on a different level. It's there, really hard to explain. There are certainly a lot of metrics that go into a decision like that. I think. Yeah, yeah I agree. But I am excited to talk about it. Same. Um. So yeah, dude. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your weekend before we start proper. Uh, myself, I have had two cups of coffee and I'm doing okay. I will be winding down very, uh, early this evening. I feel because, uh, I'm normally a third shift person. Like I'm usually up all night and that's what I'll have to do tonight. Um, but you know, when I'm home on the weekends, I try to keep like a normal schedule. So I'm good now, but I'll be pretty wrecked later. No, we didn't, we didn't do much. Uh, my, my youngest turns seven. So she got her ears pierced, and that was a very unique experience to go to a place to get your ears pierced. Did you pierced. go to icing? No. What is that? <clears throat> it's Excuse me. It's uh, supposed to be like the super younger demographic of Claire's. No, we like went to Claire's, it, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> no. Claire's, it is yeah. like if you if Claire were a Pokemon, like Claire being Jigglypuff, icing is the Iggly buff. Interesting. Yeah. So, so like early, early. Okay, I yes. see. Yes. Yeah, yeah but... it, it was a very interesting experience, but you know she's happy all the same, and uh, like everyone was coming and getting piercings, like adults, kids, like it was just the day to get your stuff pierced, I guess. And I was like, man, I kind of wish that like the the norm was just you could just go to a tattoo parlor and get your like ears pierced, like bring in your little seven year old, like I'm gonna go to the tattoo parlor get get my kids ears pierced. I kind of thought that was. I thought so too, but it doesn't really like vibe like that over here, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just a different time. I, I don't know. Just doesn't really seem like that's the norm. I guess. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um. Yeah. No. Like you see shit like body jewels or what? Like those weird uh-huh. corporate pop ups. Uh. And normally they used to be like kind of like money pits. In my opinion, like just because people did exactly what I thought you and I were to assume. And like I, I see them get the business. I see them offer it. But no, like now it's just, I guess just because, well, and here's the thing that I rationalize it with, aside from earrings, any other uh, quote unquote service piercings, um, used to be really taboo. Used to be like something that you didn't, like that you associated with the delinquent crowd. And now like fucking, bro, like I'm sure even kids like less than 10 go to their elementary school and their substitute teachers got like a dermal or a fucking, Oh Oh, yeah. yeah, It's just, it's, I I think it's just more socially acceptable now. So now like those like bougie, see Ed, I did it. (laughs) Those bougie corporate, uh, knockoff, uh, pop-ups are, are, I think are finally seeing the business that they, like they were thinking ahead. Yeah. Well, and you can't even find like a piercing pagoda. Or anything like that. You can't find a kiosk <laughs> in the mall anymore. Like that, 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 that shit's long gone, man. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a comeback. It'll be like a thing again. 
No, dude, now it's just, uh, it's replaced with, like, any nasty, like, 432-in-1 NES cart has just now been shoved <laughs> into Check out a... this drone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah either, there's a drone, or those carts have just been shoved into, like, a poorly 3D-printed shape of an NES and be like, right. uh, N- Nintendo Classic Plug-and-Play. And I'm like, oh, yes! It's the thing you like that was so like anyway. Oh, dude, Video those games? things drive me yeah. nuts. Yeah, not great. Like uh, the, the the day I see one that's actually displayed in four by three aspect ratio is the day I I might give it a little bit more attention. <laughs> but otherwise, but it was it was wild because I had to go to a mall to go to this Claire's, so that was also kind of uh, yeah. Oh, going dude, to we can spend nowadays. a whole different time. Ta- oh, dude, I know, I know. <laughs> it's bad. It's it's pretty bizarre, man. It, it's like. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's like going to the upside down. You know, you're like, what the fuck is this, man? I I've kind of noticed that like the new Super WalMarts that like if you ever do go into one, they are trying to recreate that energy, and I think they're actually doing it successfully. Oh, like the only Dunkin' that we have around here, which oh, uh, that that goes okay. into another story yeah. because we it's so funny. Coffee used to be such a thing you didn't even think about, but with Starbucks uh, getting into really shitty inhumane practices of mm-hmm. uh you know busting like union busting efforts to protect or otherwise fund like the uh the betterment of the, the Palestinian cause and that bullshit or just like okay we don't want to give Starbucks our money anymore mm-hmm. but now like dude we've been wanting a local coffee shop like a mom and pop shop it's literally down the street like i can walk out to the street walk like less than a block and it's there but lo and behold we got the monkey's paw of it being fucking dog shit like it sucks oh (laughs) no yeah so anyway yeah our our, our starbucks just doesn't stay open like which i guess is good too because then it's not like they're working these people like crazy. They're just like, well, okay, like that's all the staff we have, or that's all the hours we are able to give. So we're closed now. That's, okay, that's fine. Oh, dude, opposite here. We yeah, have a always. Starbucks that's open till one. Yeah. Uh, and then some that open as uh, early as five. And there's currently fourteen of them in this town. Holy shit! There's fourteen of them in this town. Like, and it, yet we still have a few mom and pop coffee. Like, coffee is the only thing that. Like, you know, the drug wars won. So what, what else is going to keep us going? You know? Yeah. We don't drink it to enjoy it. We drink it because we have to. Sugar exactly. and caffeine? No way. Right. Uh, but I don't know. Um, hmm. the, I'm pretty sure the, the fucking the Panera Four Loco is going to take somebody out here. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so for Golden Zonkeys, this mm-hmm. is how we're going to do... It. We are first going to go into some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, just basically anything that uh, really captured our attention in 2023 or uh, came into the world 2023, whatever the case may be. Uh, we're going to go ahead and just do a quick uh, roundtable, kind of throw that in. Uh, anything that doesn't get mentioned in the show absolutely will still get uh, its own section and dropped uh, into um Area that uh, I will be trying to catalog and display for all to see when we do publish the episode uh, on our website at www.presspodsradio.com, uh, as well as also our uh, various and respective social networks and um, discords and whatnot. So uh, once we go ahead and finish out that step, we're going to go into 
the awards proper, in which case we are going to each give our top five. Uh, and in this uh, year, after discussion from previous years, uh, we are no longer going to limit it to games that were primarily released. In 2023, we are going to kind of highlight maybe stuff that missed in 2022 that was a personal best for us in 2023. And you know what? For those of you who might be rolling eyes or being like, you're missing the point, eat shit. Because I'll tell you right now, <laughs> how many goddamn remakes are you playing from 2023? Like, at, at some point, the, the, the line of delineation versus of, like, new in 2023, like, it, it's so, like, the Venn diagram there is it's starting to become a circle. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't want to quibble over, like, these these marginal little uh, asterisks over, like, well, this and so on. Like, I'm we're not a fucking Wikipedia citation. We, we, we just were, were a video game podcast fucking full of dudes who love video games and been doing this for 15 years now. Like, it... W- our fucking awards is represented by a fake animal. <laughs> like, fucking, like <laughs> what do you want, dude? And I would also argue, and and spoilers, um, it's all about balance. Because yes, we can have games on here that weren't technically released in 2023, but also Tears of the Kingdom isn't on anyone's list at all. So it's about balance. You're welcome. We, yeah, we made, we made the internet happy because it wasn't on our list. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is in my honorable mentions, but oh, like okay. I have okay, reason, fair, fair. I have reason as to why it's not on my list that you and I have discussed. Like I think it's really going to echo some of the uh, sentiments that you kind of shared on Baldur's Gate, but we'll leave that for the discussion because uh, cool. we're about to approach it, like you know, fastly. Um, but yes, we are each going to go ahead and do so now. Once we have all shared our our five picks, we are going to universally come together. And amongst those five, we will do what we can to choose the uh, podcast chosen game of the year. But this is where we have a wild card rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, At any point that we believe that maybe there is a game that's worthy uh, or that perhaps maybe it was a game in our honorable mention that you know maybe should have gotten uh, a little bit more uh, acknowledgement or prestige or, or is is worthy of the uh, award we can do that and we've we've absolutely awarded games this way before uh some to the <laughs> just to the sheer ignorance of like yeah well, you know maybe or whatnot because uh either way dude like this is like these are our thoughts these are our opinions and you're obviously listening for a reason uh so at this point, I just wanted to go ahead and kind of very general guideline, just break down sort of the rules. But that's essentially it. The 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 way it's gonna go as far as rotation. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start with Andrew. Uh, then we'll go with Ed. Uh, then I will chime in, and then we'll move on to the next round of entries, and then we'll do that until we've arrived. And we're each gonna just share a little bit of why we chose it and why it's it it merits conversation, why discussion should be had, and uh, what I believe to be one of my favorite water coolers of all time, of like you know every year. I think we're all gonna have some have some nice, neat fun with it, uh, especially with the fact that. Again, we we kind of scaling back uh, some of the criteria for what can be chosen because I you know there 
there are games that like I think I missed out on in 2022, and while I'm going to backlog it, like getting an opportunity to talk about it uh, further down the line, especially you know during a conversation where you get to highlight and really just gush over what made you feel these giddy feelings over the game, uh, I think that's important. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy that we're going into this venture together. So Agreed. with that said, y'all ready to kind of just drop in some honorable mentions and get the show going? Yes, sir. Okay, so you met, you mentioned Tears of the Kingdom on yours, so I am curious as to how that is a honorable mention and, and what was your hesitation? Because you said that it was kind of similar to a conversation that we had. Yes, so a conversation that we actually, or a, a topic point that you brought up in this very show, uh, as far as the uh, sense of, like, just overwhelming dread, um... I th- like I didn't have the allure, the excitement to keep going like mm-hmm. the just one more hour vibe. But there is a big component that really kind of got in my way that where I felt like it, it sort of lost <sighs> Tears of the Kingdom kind of lost itself on me because mm-hmm. I perceived it to be something. And granted, the game in and of itself, like really encourages to dropped any preconceived notions of what you believe it to be any preconceptions like it it can it is a game that is supposedly made to be broken by the will and imagination of your creativity and approach to problem solving and yet and i will bring up this gripe in another big game that like somehow did not upset me as much uh there are these invisible limitations or boundaries where like i i just wish you know if a game gives you like I don't mind linear. I just I just I don't. Like it at some point, like and I have to accept it, and I think maybe that's just me as far as a player or an idiot who's just not really grasping that regardless of how free a game can be, that no game truly starts free from the start, except for one, funny enough, that uh got no love recently. Um, that there is uh, you know, a begrudging uh, trail of breadcrumbs that you have to follow, kind of have to get uh, squared away and and go through before you then are uh, shown the door that opens up to the true uh, open world experience. Uh, case in point, uh, I'm I'm still really hung up on the fact that like me, if I'm playing an open world and they all have the similar trope of map expansion usually done in the form of uh finding landmarks and then doing the task that the landmark has the you know the stereotypical assassin's creed tower which fucking uh, tears of the kingdom has um that you're gonna kind of chart your course on what you believe to be the most convenient like what you believe to be the best way to go about it and the fact that I went through and completed some of the tasks, but was not given the contextual option to move forward and then complete and unlock the map that those towers were assigned 
because I didn't go through the uh, obligatory tutorial steps of the introductory village, the introductory support characters that give you introductory items that are absolutely needed for you to then do the towers. I'm like, why, why even let me go do the towers? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, people will like sigh and scoff at like any point you rub up the against the edge of a world or do something or like you 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 explore off the beaten path and then suddenly you're turned around and just like I can't do that yet or I'm not supposed to do that. But I'll tell you right now, I I 110% fucking appreciate that just because like it gives me a sense of direction. I'm sorry. Like you know, if you leave me to my devices and then allow me to waste time, it really just sours me on the fact that well, it's not exactly free is it if, if, if you're but in, in most games the ones that do it well are linear but give you the illusion of it being open correct as, lo- as long as it can like kind of like immerse you into it where it feels like contextually it makes sense but when they let's put like strict like you know invisible walls like you said or like you know or even like you said like allowing you to do things then just to then say well you're not really supposed to do that it's it's kind of like the Fallout Bethesda kind of mentality of like, yeah, you can go anywhere you want. Uh, it's going to be harder than shit, but if you can kind of manage it, like, yeah, sure, give it a shot. Why not? You but know, I Dark, even Dark, appreciate Dark Souls, that. a lot of those games are the same way, and that's what I'm saying. Whereas I think this, like, isn't it like you like in in, in the first one, not not a Tears of the Kingdom, but a Breath of the Wild, you could just go to the castle, right? I, and like, I think uh, I may be misrepresenting it, you know I mean? my point, right? Because like. Those, those, I, I, this is not what I'm describing. Like, mm-hmm. basically, uh, you need, like, a major game item. But you don't know that the major game item is a mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And, like, if you went through, like, the introductory process, like I mentioned, the tutorial is, uh-huh. like, to get and gradually be given the, um, the options to do this, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be an issue. But... Mm-hmm. The fact that the game allows you to just stray course and like, you know what, I'll come back to this later because that's the whole vibe of this game, right? I do things at my own pace and my mm-hmm. own choice. And then you can actually go and like, the, usually these towers will A, have uh, combat sequences or B, puzzles. And it would allow me to solve them, but then to do that last contextual like where you get the A button prompt to then like mark the completion and officially unlock the map you can't do it because you're missing a crucial item that you just needed to do the tutorial for shit like that it's just you know at this point make the acquirement of the item like make it mandatory it's it's just like to me it's just poor planning it's the same gripe that I will never let go of where uh, what soured me on control from Remedy, like, mm-hmm. funny enough, is they put you in this large-scale boss fight in the early ongoings of the game that's very difficult, and then one of the rewards for beating that boss fight is a very useful evade that allows you to dash out of the way of, like, large-scale attacks or projectiles. The same sort of thing that the fucking boss you just finished fighting, <laughs> like, did, and, like, right. I, and it was so hard... But I didn't have a way. All I had was just to run around like an asshole. I'm like, this right. is poor fucking thinking. This is poor planning. Mm-hmm. It, it's shit like that. And to me, there are some areas that I felt kind of like held me back from fully embracing or enjoying Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, 
I, I enjoyed it. I, I believe that if I get past some of these hangups, that Tears of the Kingdom is one of those games that would show up on a golden zonkey for 2024. But as of now, it, it just it wasn't my vibe. No, and um, I bounced off it pretty hard because of like a lot of the introductory stuff and a lot of the restrictiveness and how it like required you to build, at least initially. And I was like, that's not why I'm playing this. And I really bounced off really hard on that game. Like almost immediately, which is a yeah. shame. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, 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 I such high hopes. I mean, I enjoyed, like, that's what I really liked. And, like, feeling really smart and feeling really good about, like, getting something to work. I mean, I don't know. As far as exploiting a game beyond, like, comp- like, like shoving the, uh, the square peg into the circle hole and getting it to fit and feeling smart about it, like, I, I I get that it's a really cool vibe to celebrate and enjoy out of the game, but but it, it goes in the square hole. N- no, that's why you can make it fit. That's why the game. That's how the developers made it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just um, but yeah, th- that uh, Pikmin Four, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I, I'm surprised not a lot of people were talking about that. And and I'm sure I'm gonna get shit from this from Ed, but I do not believe. Pikmin 4 has been given its flowers. Oh, no one? Okay. No. Sorry. I, I, it, it seemed kind of fun. I played a little bit of it, and it seemed fun. It just seemed like more Pikmin. No, I, I was making a shitty joke. But anyway. Uh, oh, the flowers. Fuck you. <laughs> it took me a minute. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I Speaking of, like, games that took, like, a weird open-world approach, it, it you know what it reminded me of? Of the first Tomb Raider of the rebooted Tomb Raider trilogy mm, okay. where like instead of like a, a wholly uh, open world that you move in and out of uh, just seamlessly that like they gate it intersectionally mm-hmm. and then like it still worked out it still felt like dare I say Metroidvania like it just had like sections that where once I came back with the appropriate Pikmin or power-up, I was able to kind of, you know, do my thing, and I I was one of those assholes that was just like, uh, like, I like the time limit. Like, I, you know, I, I, I thought it added to it, so I was very, like, worried. I'm like, I don't, I've always been kind of, like, bummed that the time limit's been removed. No. If you're going to remove it and, and still kind of introduce a sense of agency, I believe they did it incredibly here. I loved it. And, like, yeah, it was one of those, like, I am happy that it's the highest-selling Pikmin entry. It gives me hope that we'll see more Pikmin. But, yeah, um, yeah that between that. Um, and then, aside from that, the only other thing that I can really just talk about as far as a, um honorable mention, and I, I really want to... And apologies, I should have had this better prepared. Is uh, I wanted to talk about uh, controlleradapters.com, uh, and only because uh, this is ran by uh, Robert Dale Smith, and he does essentially a lot of neat accessories for retro consoles where he's able to either interface with existing products, uh, usually uh, kind of working in tangent with Blue Retro, and which I also kind of want to give a shout out as far as an honorable mention. Um, But he has done some really cool, interesting things 
for uh, controller tech or just control options, especially uh, not only for the sake of convenience, but also acknowledging uh, accessibility and kind of wanting to tackle that and just make video games in general more approachable. Uh, a lot of what I believe are like the star, um, the star attractions of his uh, products or services. Uh, definitely for me personally, it's the USB to PC Engine controller adapter because uh, the USB uh, adapter is compatible with 8-bit Doe's PCE wireless controller, which uh, unlike the other 8-bit Doe efforts for the SNES and the Genesis, uh, does not have the proprietary controller port option like those did. It's strictly just USB because I believe it was just mainly intended for uh, either PC or, of course, the Analog Duo. Um, but not for original hardware, and I don't know why 8BitDo. Like 8BitDo is kind of making some weird choices, but I I really would like their quality and performance in in a wireless controller for my older consoles that where I still play with original hardware. And his adapter is incredible. Uh, it's incredible in the fact that I will say this with my chest: uh, the 8BitDo, I believe that the PCE wireless controller from them. I believe functions better with original hardware through the use of this adapter than it fucking does with the analog duo that it was like packaged for <laughs> um, just because of the turbo functionality that it weirdly analog hasn't been able to uh, seamlessly get their uh, minds around. So there's that uh, dude's also done uh, a USB to Nuon adapter. The Nuon, uh, fucking, if anybody, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to fucks with the Nuon this year just because I really want to play Tempest and I want to play Tetris, especially if, if Ed is really like, you know, with him doing Tetrician soon, I got, I got to be the source of all those stupid fucked up ass. No one in their right mind would ever play these Tetris ports games. We got, we got them for the virtual boy. We got them for, um, the Philips CDI, and now we got it. We got it for the new one. I'm I'm there for you, buddy. And I like I can't fucking that's the uh, the next Tetris, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, this adapter is gonna make the uh, process of uh, you know getting a new one into my setup a much more pain free. And then I think something that you guys will really love. Uh, are you familiar with that stupid ass Fisher Price controller, like baby's <laughs> first controller? Yeah, yeah. He has a kit to make it an official controller. It's his, oh, also his most popular. That's wild. Kit, yeah, and it works wonderfully, um, but it it's constantly sold out. <laughs> so that's awesome. Take that to a fighting game tournament, man. Fuck them up. <laughs> I'm sure people have, dude. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, shout outs to controller adapter. Them among some of the other games. Those are my honorable mentions. What I'd like to see out of them actually is a conversion for like the uh, you know the uh, serial port for like <clears throat> the uh, the Nintendo micro consoles or the uh, the Wii yeah you know, the Wii Classic controller that interface into mm -hmm. like NES because I've got a cool little arcade stick that would really work well on an actual NES but the NES Classic is too laggy. Mm -hmm. So I think that'd be neat. I haven't found one yet, so it might Wait, be. Which little arcade stick is it? It's that little Hori deal? <clears throat> it's not Hori. It's, uh, oh. I forget who makes it. It was one of those things, like, they had, like, a turbo controller and, like, the, it almost looks like an NES Advantage, but not really. Oh. Um, hmm. And it was sold at the same time that the Classic Edition was sold. And I picked those yeah, up. Interesting. 
but like they don't really work so well with the classic edition but they would work spectacularly well with an actual nes because it's micro switched mm. and everything right it's mm. pretty cool mm. you know um i and i believe i wanted something like that for the um neo geo because neo uh, snk did like a reprint of like their uh you know the aes arcade stick for ps3 and wii and oh, like yeah, i yeah. kind of wanted to do something like that using an adapter but uh funny enough snk finally did a collab with 8-bit doe uh, i'm just waiting on the the neo geo um bluetooth adapter for proprietary hardware so that way i can actually i bought the controllers ahead of time but the adapters are the ones that fucking fly off the shelves once they like become made available and they're done by blue retro so yeah, Blue Retro is also in there, and I can go on, but those are my honorable mentions. Uh, Andrew, talk to Yo. me, buddy. What are your honorable mentions? Okay, so mine are all game-based this time around. Uh, just a few games that I had played, uh, one, as <laughs> as recently as maybe a couple of days ago. I was trying to go through Game Pass and trying to get some games knocked out that I just didn't have time to play. They were downloaded, just never got around to playing them. Uh, shout out to Cocoon. I wish I would have had a chance to play it, didn't get to it. That might be a game for the next talk, next next Zonky, because I heard good things about Cocoon. Just I didn't get too. a chance to get into it. Uh, but one of them was called Thirsty Suitors. So it's a Game Pass game. It's a uh, oh shoot, who developed that one? Uh, I know it's Anna Pura is the is the publisher. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're also the developer, but um, it's this kind of like blend of RPG skate game dating sim. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> you're 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 uh you're from a South Asian family, and you left home three years ago, mm-hmm. shacked up with this other lady, and the relationship went sour, and you came back home. Well, coming back home, you now have to face your basically like a Scott Pilgrim esque evil exes that are mad that you left town just kind of unexpected. You had left all these relationships in your wake. And so you come back home and you have to deal with all your exes. So you're trying to make amends with your exes all while navigating, you know, family life and, you know, daughters whose mothers expect the world of them and they can't really deliver on it. Um, yeah, all the while doing these RPG elements, like your exes are basically boss battles. And then there's skating, which you kind of traverse from areas of the map. Uh, and you can do tricks, you can do challenges. The skating part to me wasn't really great, but I appreciate that it was like kind of a unique spin on like traversal in the world, but it was pretty basic. Like it wasn't anything really super major. It was actually kind of hard to get the the controls of it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I avoided the challenges pretty much exclusively. Like I didn't do any of the skating. Uh, there's cooking elements. We had to cook different dishes to like make your family members happy. Uh, and then those dishes you make can be power ups in your battles. Um, I don't know. It, it was something I kind of like was going to play just to get a little bit of time with to be like, okay, I tried it. It's okay. End up really loving the story. I thought it was very unique. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed the character. I enjoyed the story and it was a very unique perspective. It talks a lot about, you know, um, uh, obviously being female, the mother daughter relationship, the sister relationship, a lot of things that I kind of gravitate towards nowadays. And uh, just kind of getting more of the voice of, like, a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was very interesting to play through, and I, I really enjoyed it. And it was a pretty quick playthrough. 
but I, I didn't expect myself to give it that much time. So if I would have maybe planned for it sooner, I don't know if it would have cracked my top five, but it was certainly one that I enjoyed playing through. And uh, it's on Game Pass, so I, I'd say if anyone wants to try it, it's it's very worth getting into. It's okay. a unique, unique, unique experience, unique uh, kind of um, not every like like every part of the game was cool, but not like excellent. Like they were just okay elements of like a bigger game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Patrick Klepek just wrote a thing about it on uh, his website, which that fool keeps on doing that to me. I'll, I'll have like something I want to talk about or discuss, and then that fool, I swear to God, drops an article like the day before we record. <laughs> He's done it twice now. I don't know, man. We must be like, it, it, it's his dad brain. Yeah, I was about to now. say, dude, you guys are it's, on the same dad vibe. It's it's hundred percent like we got we got daughters and we're playing these games and we're doing like this dad kind of vibe. I don't know. It, it's been very weird to to witness, but uh, that's one. Uh, Wanted Dead is another one, only for the sole reason. Now, I did a review on this earlier in the year. I'm still under the mentality that the game just is bad. I know <laughs> I, I, I I but it was supposed to be it was marketed as a game that was bad, like because it's an homage to like the B games, like the PS2, Xbox. $40 budget game. And it was like an homage to it. I, I think after some like retrospective like thoughts, I think it's just bad, but it's hard. It's a quite difficult game. And if, if not anything else, I enjoyed that it gave me my confidence because I was able to play through it. I was able to beat it and I didn't give up because those kinds of games I would play on the Xbox back in the day, like your, you know, Ninja Gaidens or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, and I would have given up. I would have given up pretty quick, but because it was a review, I I played through and I actually beat it, and so it really gave me confidence to be like, you know what, I can tackle these games. I just have to be really super frustrated for a very long time, but I'll eventually get there. <laughs> it, it, you, you just have to be persistent. That's all you can do. Um, but yeah, I know you you were gonna mess with it a little bit. I think right, George. Yeah, and um, I did play it a little bit, and you know what, I. <laughs> I think you and I just have different schools of thought there because, yes, I see and agree with everything you're saying, except I think it does its quote-unquote bat Like, the jank it does, there's some thought into the jank. But, like, I come, like, the fact that you dropped that because Otogi is what came to mind. And, like, funny enough, if you guys want to play Otogi again, like, there's an incredible remastered, like, it's, it's just like a... Then uh, the same effort that they put in the Panzer Dragoon Orta, uh, if you were to you know just throw in Otogi into your Series X or Xbox One, the fucking remaster is incredible. Hmm. I I I do not stress this enough, and I and I believe at some point I don't think it's on there anymore uh, either of them. I don't know if they're still on Games Pass, like just as is for the digital versions. Um, but if you have an original disc, uh, like the original game lying around for either. Uh, definitely pop it in, but yeah, no, uh, it gave me Otogi vibes, um, but like with more of the From Software sensibilities. I don't know. I I kind of liked it, but uh, yeah, no, there are some moments where it's just bullshit. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and it was it was quite frustrating of a game at, at a lot of points. Uh, speaking of frustrating, my last one was, and, and we've talked about this, you and I, I think, on a few shows already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did want to throw Forspoken in there. I, oh, dude. I, I, I thought that what it was trying to do with traversal and combat was pretty fun. 
I I really like I played like a good I'd say ten hours of that game maybe I I just I never got a chance to get back to it. Uh, I might rectify that here soon, but I, I I really enjoyed the combat and and the traversing, but the quest system and the worlds were very uninspired. Yes. Uh, and, and I I don't have an issue with the protagonist. I thought she was fine. I know there was a lot of hate about that early on, which is unjustified. Like, calm down, man. Like it's just she's snarky and she's got you know she's got an attitude. I think it's and, the, and, it's know. the delivery. It's the delivery. <sighs> like it. Like I. I don't even think the writing is bad per no. se, but like, all right, I I don't want to get on a high horse, but like because I I felt myself being somewhat of a forespoken apologist. Like I'm I'm yeah. with you. Like there sure. there are merits to the game. However, like v- the art of voice acting is something that does not get the credit that it deserves. I Okay, and I see where you're coming from with this, because she may have had experience in other avenues of acting, but then to transition into a voice acting gig like this, I, I, I could see that, yeah. No, but, like, just seeing, like, the fucking amazing uh, job done in Baldur's Gate, and, like, mm. knowing that that came out the same year this did, and, like, just... I. I think there just needs to be more care. And, like, uh, we can even keep it in-house. The amazing job that was done with fucking Final Fantasy sixteen, Like, you know? And I and I feel like what probably happened is that she probably got into the booth and it was probably, like, a one-and-done thing. Like, they probably didn't give it a lot of time to, like, revisit some of the, like, deliveries and mm-hmm. some of the, like, conversations. Uh, which you can tell in the NPCs. The NPCs are, like dry as shit oh yeah like like it is it is kind of rough no um, a lot of those were just like one take huh yeah yeah um but a lot of that's with the protagonist and the other supporting character and then like the big twist i don't know did you get to the big twist no it is eh. uh, that's a shame <laughs> it seems like it's maybe not worth the effort but it, I, I i i will still try to get back to it at some point I I will say this: it absolutely opens up for a sequel. As to whether okay. or not that sequel will get greenlit, I, I imagine no. it will get instead, if if anything, uh, downloadable content. Well, because that that developer I think closed up shop shortly thereafter. Oh, I didn't know that. Fuck. I okay. believe so. I believe so. I think they were, or at least there was some pretty good size cuts afterwards. Sadly. Uh, funny enough, I really, really also I didn't want to spend a lot of time to talk about it but that's something i also need to rectify uh fucking final fantasy 16 is also in my honorable mentions and like okay yeah it anyway it <laughs> like please play it please please yeah. please play it um which ed uh i it, i mean you have a playstation 5 now how have we not talked about this yet <laughs> i guess that is true isn't it did you actually end up getting one i did yeah, yeah. that's fantastic very good yeah, it uh, <clears throat> haven't uh, haven't gotten too much on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Day picked up uh, Crisis Core Reunion, and nice. we downloaded the uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake to it, which they look pretty good. Uh, but I also obviously got uh, Air Twister, and uh, most recently I picked up Gungrave Gore. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I haven't I haven't opened it yet. Just haven't haven't popped it in. Haven't played it. I did like Gun uh, Gungrave on PS2. Like I've got both of those games, and they're pre- mm-hmm. they're pretty they're a pretty fun time, if a little mindless. But uh, 
it uh i don't know we'll see we'll see how the other one is uh, i i installed it because it was on games pass so oh yeah yeah so which bro get on it i promise you'll get more use out of your xbox like now and and to begin i i think microsoft has done this like really unique thing where like you don't like because i don't see you really with you having a ps5 i you know i could totally see you not caring to get a series x everything they do has been made available for their those three platforms with like they're still supporting the one so by by virtue of you having a one x like if we talk about something xbox related you can totally fucking still play it uh it's not a one x though it's just just a a oh it's just a it's a it's a launch launch ass one okay (laughs) sorry well, I think That's you can right. still do a launch model. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of the games they say that it'll work on basically everything from Xbox One and up. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially what the PS5 is doing. PS4 stuff. So same same sort of deal. Ah, uh, same generational gap. I I. Mm. Or, or or they offer the upgrade thing where if you have the disc in, it'll yeah. let you. Or, or the digital one, you can upgrade to the PS5 version. That too, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. it just might be me. only be, and, and I bought mine fucking brand new, like, from Target. Like, the story's already been well told a couple times, but... Target, yeah. E- yes, but, like, the... I've been noticing that I get some CR errors a little bit more often than I'd like. Even with brand... In, in fact, funny you mentioned uh, Remake... Uh, I bought remake physically because uh, like I saw an opportunity to do it because they've weirdly become scarce as shit for the PlayStation Five. Mm. Like I had to buy it used for seventy bucks. I'm just like I'm, I'm grabbing it because like it the, it barely had a few smudges and it would just not install. And I had to thoroughly clean it to have it installed. But like a lot of pristine PlayStation Four games that like I'm trying to remember ones that come off the top of my head uh, just had issues booting in the PlayStation Five. And I'm like, you know what? I still have my pro and I still use, I fuck with PSVR, which again, considering that the VR two is not backwards compatible, it, mm. it makes, it justifies the presence of that there. I, I haven't really fucked with the PS fives backwards compatibility, but it just from like my, m- me sticking my toe in the waters, so to speak, and kind of check that out. Uh, it is not as user friendly or as reliable as like everyone would have you seem, at least not for me. Okay, so anecdotally maybe not, but on paper it's the same. No. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, but yeah, dude, talk to me. Honorable mentions. All right, honorable mentions. I'm going to start off strong here maybe uh, with Dodanpachi Daiojo Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, in the eyes of many in the shmup community, the largest, perhaps biggest uh, release this generation, uh, even throughout the last generation. Because Daiojo is regarded by some to be a masterpiece, uh, and by uh, many others to be the best in the series, but I don't agree with both. <laughs> I, I don't think it's very masterpiece worthy, nor is it as good as, say, uh, Resurrection, right? Uh, I think Resurrection is a better game. Uh, it has its place, though, and M2 did a lot of good stuff with it in order to make better sense of what's going on. With like rank, game speed, bullet, uh, um, um, bullet cadence, and and all that f- f- sort of fun stuff. Uh, there's also like a map, show, so it shows you kind of where the bees are, and you can get them, uh, you can collect them as you go through the game for a chance to uh, to get through to the second loop. But I don't think it's as fun a game as it honestly has been made out to be. Um, 
But to its credit, the arranged modes are a lot more fun to play than, say, arcade or black label. Um, and I think it, it has like five arranged modes in it. So there's something there for everyone to play. And if you're really intent on playing the, the arcade version, that's there too. If you want to frustrate yourself to the point that you want to collapse your face on a table. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's why it's not in my, my list because, you know, it's, it's got merits, but it's not, it's just not a fun game on its own. Um, the rest is kind of, uh, company and like tech related. Uh, the first one I have is, is sort of an old thing, but I got one this year. It's the Satiator for the Saturn. Mm. Um, and I, it's, it's on here, but with a catch, uh, I'd say like, okay, so Satiator is super easy to use. Uh, it's, it's interface is really basic. So there's not much flash compared to say the mode. Uh, but right. it's super super easy to install. Just pop off the back, plug it into the video port, and away you go. Uh, you can use memory cards and memory expansion, but you can't obviously use a video enhancer or right. video uh, decoder uh, because that takes up the bay. Um, I noticed that my Saturn scratched my Satiator, so I'm not pleased about that. Uh, so it's something to be aware of. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, you're not going to be looking at it if it's in your Saturn anyway, right? Um, but then... The catch to this all is that if you're in Canada, I don't I don't at all recommend it because you're paying north of four hundred dollars just to get it. What? Yeah. So it's two hundred sixty nine U.S. dollars. Then you got to right. put the conversion into that. But then they have the audacity to charge another forty four U.S. for shipping mm. on something that's less this that's less big than a Super Nintendo cartridge right in the box. Uh, and then once it crosses the border, you're hit with another eighty dollars in tariffs what and fees. In the world? Yeah, because they only use UPS, and using UPS automatically gets you a consignment fee. Uh oh. You, yeah. Thank you for letting me know that because I'm preparing all of your shit. Yeah. Right now, do, both of you guys. <laughs> do uh, not it, buy this if you're in Canada. You're. It's not going to be yeah, worth it. it. It's going to be a bad time. Yeah. Uh no. So, but thank you for letting me. Know. I won't use UPS for you. That because uh, like yeah, I'm not not doing that. FedEx okay. The same sort of idea. Oh, okay, so U.S. To, to be, oh boy. To be it, honest, uh, we can discuss it after. Okay, yeah. okay. okay, we'll discuss it yeah. after. Yeah. All right. Sounds it sounds like a plan, but yeah. Uh, here's my question because I I have stuck with um from the with the ODE from the developer of the GDMU. Uh, right. Where I'm yeah. using the Ray and Phoebe. Uh, and to me, that's had like the most compatibility for software. Mm -hmm. There's literally only one piece of software, and I think I just might need to change the format of it. There was a recent hack uh, done for uh, Symphony of the Night that. Oh right, yes, yes, that incorporates the PSP uh, English translation and voice acting, as well as also uh, does a lot of quality of life enhancements and mm. corrections to some of the performance of the game through use of the four megabyte uh, expansion card. Right. Um, but I can't get it to load, uh, but I'm running it as a CDI format. So I don't know if I needed to use like MFA alcohol, uh, you know, for uh, a, a, a f file conversion, which some Ooh, of uh, them, I don't know. Yeah. That that's like something I'm going to tool around with later. It's not a big, big deal. Uh, like everything, everything that I've got is just BinQ, right? That's pretty much. Oh right. yeah. See, yeah. and like you can't, you can't run BinQ on the Rea. Uh, like it, it don't work. You got to do like an image, 
Uh, and then the most compatible, like literally that's never caused any issue is just doing it as a CDI. Mm. Um, but like there are ways to do it, like, you know, convert it and make it easy. But, um, I was going to say, so have you ran into any incompatibilities with the satiator? No, not really. And uh, the the beauty of the satiator is that you don't have to modify your console. So like I dunked it into my number two Saturn, which is a North American model one. Mm-hmm. and it was fine but like i could put that into my japanese saturn my my white one which has you know full disc oper- operability and it would run just the same because it, it bypasses the need to use the optical drive without removing the optical drive right yeah so that's that, that was the idea behind getting it so that you know i could maybe repurpose the mode that's in my number four saturn for a dreamcast instead which is a lot more straightforward yeah, and a better experience uh, actually. The bus is is better, uh, better constructed on the mode for the Dreamcast as opposed to the Saturn. Uh, my GDMU so far has been really carrying me through what I need it, so I'm I'm fine with sticking with it. Mm. Um, though I am ready to jump ship from my Sio. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, mode has a there, there's a a mod for the PS1 to use the mode as well, but it's it's pretty involved. The well, soldering see, isn't much of an issue, but I mean, it's you. There's surgery involved, so I don't know. Yeah, see, like I, I'm running two Saturns, one with its optical drive still there and all mm. modified and capped, and then the other one doing the Raya. Uh, but I only have the room to account for the PlayStation, and yeah. I want it to have both, and that's that's what would the appeal of the Sio was for me. And as it stands mm. now, it runs everything but two games, and like I I have both of those games physically, so I'm I'm Gucci. So good deal. Uh, All uh, right, but, uh, let's let's round off the honorable mentions here. It's it's mm-hmm. not much more. Uh, I want to give Evercade uh, another nod this year. Uh, they've been doing some, of course, great things. Uh, they've updated the verses to accommodate Tate for their uh, their shoot 'em ups now, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also, uh, in conjunction with Hyper Megatech, which is a, a sort of a subsidiary or like a sister company to them, they mm-hmm. released these things called the Super Pocket. Uh, which themselves, you know, uh, for, I don't know, it was like 69 or $79 or something like that. Not a bad deal because you're getting officially licensed uh, Taito games on one unit or Capcom games on the other. Um, it's got all of the inputs that you'd need out of like a modern uh, sort of controller, uh, Sans uh, Analog 6, because you don't really need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's cool is that they too are also, uh, mo- if not completely, mostly compatible with... Um, uh, the uh, Evercade library. So there's a little part that comes off. You put in an Evercade cartridge and away you go. It has worked with actually all of the ones that I've tested so far uh, without having gone through every single cartridge that I have, which is to say all of the ones ever released. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, it also helped me dis- uh, discover why one of them didn't work on the verses. It turns out I just needed a an updated firmware in order for it to see it. Uh, it worked on the pocket, but not on the main console, and so that's how I did my troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. So that, it was it was a pretty handy thing to have. Uh, I've got both of them. I've got the Taito and the uh, the Capcom ones, and they're cool. They're they're very nice. The screen is nice. It it works well. Um, so it, it's basically it allows you know people to get um, maybe into the Evercade uh, ecosystem without spending as much as say uh, what it would cost for an EXP. Or a uh, or a versus, so it's uh, more choice is always good. 
I've been wanting to grab a versus only because I see there's a lot of officially licensed stuff like arcade ports that um you're not gonna find really even like on archives um yeah like arcade archives so i'm like you know what i think i think it's time like uh i jump in on this i just i kind of this is cool too it's got that dual cartridge slot which is pretty sweet and like if you've got the right combination of games you can get bonus games oh fuck i didn't even know that oh yeah and there's all kinds of secret games baked into the system as well if you put in certain codes okay i think i think i'm gonna have to review my my ecosystem here um and kind of <laughs> see if i can squeeze it in um oh, Lord. i i'll send you I'll, a puzzle game. I'll send you a picture after showing you what i've got and if, i don't know maybe, maybe it'll sell it it'll sell it a little more maybe it won't but um i'm kind of proud of my evercade set uh that i've gotten you know everything released so far sans like uh you know all the different versions of say the verses or the uh, the original handhelds or whatever mm-hmm. uh just just having like the set of systems and the set of games uh i'm very satisfied with what it's offered so yeah that that definitely uh deserves a mention here and finally arcade archive series uh that has to get another mention uh because they've done some really really good stuff this year uh they released mazinger z the mazinger z shoot 'em up uh which was pretty amazing because a you know they they got the licensing for it for one uh, and b it's kind of an obscure game that sort of uh, falls in line with, with stuff like uh the cresta series so that was a pretty cool get this year. They also managed to score rights to the Tetris Grandmaster games. So they got Tetris Grandmaster 1 and 2 uh, this year on the uh, the Arcade Archives. And then stuff like Galaga 88 and Cosmo Gang the Video have also been released. And you know me, I love me some Galaga 88. Um, but they, even this year, like just this week, they released Cosmo Gang the Puzzle, the, the arcade ger- version of that. So... Yeah, they're they're continuing to do really really cool stuff. Yeah, are those just Switch releases that they're coming out on? No, they're also on PlayStation, no. PS4 okay, as well. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, okay, cool. Both uh, both sides of the coin. They've yeah. been releasing some stuff on Xbox as well, uh, but I'm okay. not sure exactly what is included in that because it's not as much as what Switch and PS4 has seen. But uh, since its inception, they've had one release every single week, so they're they're continuing that trend um, as we've seen. So, friend of the show, actually, Shane Bettenhausen, is uh, one of the brain trusts involved with uh, Hamster, and he specifically works in promoting, overseeing, and uh, also kind of seeking out and trying to expand. Like he seeks out like uh, various arcade titles that would benefit from the re-release and preservation. Um, like, even shit like Liquid Kids and whatnot, which now you can find uh, almost anywhere uh, with Antstream and whatnot as well. But uh, he's really involved with that, as is other friend of the show, James Milkey, uh, is kind of working to do the same uh, as far as the obscure Japanese front uh, mm-hmm. for Limited Run. Uh, which Limited Run just recently, dude, they, they announced a project with fucking Konami uh, getting the Rocket Knight Adventures games in a package. Oh, uh, yes, I saw package. that. Yeah, dude, so I'm, I'm stoked for it. It's, 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 already gonna, it's starting off strong, the year. Uh, granted but, uh, that there are already over-reported 800 layoffs. <laughs> up, up the, yeah. Throughout, yeah, but like, uh, you know. Um, did you, did you uh, get a pre-order in for Eliminate Down? No, and like oh no, I 
I okay. I have not fucked with the retro Brit re-release, uh, retro bit re-releases, because I, I'm scared of like the voltage and bevel work. Ever so, like ever since uh, Pure Solar fucked my original Genesis, um, I now get kind of leery over homebrew releases. Pause. So. That was watermelon, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, I can I can say with confidence that Retrobit isn't that bad at all. I've been I played their uh, uh, Mega Man Wily Wars release. I got their Glail Answer release. They run fine. Uh, you know what's funny? And Molly was telling me because uh, I got the Messiah 30th anniversary re-release of Glail Answer. Yes. Which man, I I really fucking I turned around. I love that goddamn game. Right? I, I've been fucking around and playing with it. I think it just needed to click with me once I found the right power-up combinations. Uh, but funny enough, Bo- Molly was just saying, like, dude, you're worried about this shit? They're, the cart quality on that isn't great. I'm like, oh. So uh, I have been holding off uh, plugging it in as much. But, um, yeah, man, I, I will absolutely. It's just, dude, I can't I can't hang with these boutique releases because you you only get like a five minute window, and I'm like I'm fucking broke half the time. Just like well, it was a one month window. See, well, there you go. I should I should let me let me move my fat foot here, put it in my mouth, even <laughs> fatter. There we go. Um, <laughs> open wide. Open wide. All right. But, um, but yeah, no that that game is like two thousand dollars, my dude, on on eBay. So yeah, I, I jumped on it for sure. Understood and duly noted. Uh, with that, Anyways, let's, yeah, that's let, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's start Golden Zonkeys proper. Let's go ahead and get our fifth round number going. Five. Andrew, yo, talk to me, dude. Uh, for my number five, um, it's for me Resident Evil Four, the uh, remastered remake. I'm not sure what they're calling these it's nowadays. I, I think, just, yeah, I, I think the official and like it, it started like this stupid flame war on Twitter. I think the yeah. official is. Resident Evil 4 2023. I like it. Hey, man. Uh, you know, and, I, and obviously, probably everyone's played this game at some point in time. I kind of messed with it a little bit on GameCube when it first came out, uh, but never really got super deep into it. I think that Capcom currently can do no wrong. Uh, I think they are just killing it with these remakes. Uh, they're coming out, with the exception of Exo Primal. They are coming out with some bangers. Like every time they come out with something, like I'm super excited about Dragon's Dogma too. Like I, I think that they have been doing great with these Resident Evil releases. I'll be very interested to see what they do with five, because <laughs> uh, that was definitely you know uh, a change in pace for a lot of fans once that hit. All the bowlers, uh, all the bowlers need a punch. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. The QTEs, fucking got you. Got to get through with the rocket launcher immediately because. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited yeah, that I, you mentioned Exo Primal because that is oof, I oof. I really gave that game the college try and I've never seen uh, a fucking mobile game and console disguise with such a budget like that fucking and, game. And, and I wasn't like super excited about it, but I was still like, you know, this might be something. You know, like 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 I was playing in the beta. I was like, this might be something. Uh, and it's kind of like how Evolve was. I was like, it shows promise, then you play it, and you're like, what the fuck is this? No, it's it's 40 gigs of space on your hard drive. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, man, ain't, ain't gonna do it for me. Nope. Uh, stick to Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. I guess, if if you want that dinosaur kind of shit. Uh, but no, Resident Evil Four was uh enjoyable. I mean, they just they've really like perfected the formula of getting these games out for a modern audience. Uh, it does what makes the game great. 
and just amplifies it. Uh, the Ada Wong DLC I have not touched yet, but it looks cool. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, I think they've been doing great with these releases, and uh, I'll be interested to see how 5 goes. But yeah, Resident Evil 4 definitely was uh, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it this year. I, 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 I honestly... I also am not like one of the diehards for four and four has like, if you're familiar with Derek of stop skeletons from fighting, like that's among that and doom uh, some like his favorite game of all time uh, and all the various ports and legacy that that game has. I'm like, I have a passing fancy, a passing familiarity. Um, But it was also one of those games where I got to the very, very end and then, like, mm, I kind of fell off of it. And then, like, I have friends and colleagues who've, like, who knew Game Plus that shit on the reg. Like, they, they it's like a ritual. It's like their comfort food. And I'm, like, I kind of was hoping the same thing would click for me with this new one, given that I really liked what was done with uh, the remake on 2. Um, but it just, it was one of those, like, you know, this is a rodeo I've already rode on, and, like, this is going to be when, like, I'd, ra- I'd rather save my time and energy for some new stuff. So, yeah, but I could see that. I could totally see that. Um, I-, I-, I have to ask, how far did you get into it? Or, like, because you mentioned that you're not entirely familiar with the original. No, I-, I-, I definitely messed with the GameCube version quite a bit, like, when it first came out. But uh, how- where did I stop on that? Um, I didn't finish it, but I-, I felt like I was getting pretty decently far in it. You know, speaking of, like, the cheese that we were, like, really fucking getting into, like, how much of that che- how much of that Gouda does this remake have? Because I can only imagine, like, some of the more tone-deaf shit, like, looking up Ashley's skirt, like, from a, you know, uh, altitude and whatnot isn't really an option anymore. Um, but, like, did they, they, they kind of refine that because, like, that game's, you know, infamously had, like, the baby Mario syndrome. <laughs> and I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping that, like, <laughs> maybe the remake... Uh, would do a little bit better with it. Hmm. I mean, I I guess that, that that's a that's an apt response, just because if like if the cheese is still there and it it, it didn't like if you haven't it, told it, yourself, it, man, this is aged poorly. It, if it's there, I'm not aware of it. Uh, loud and clear, dude. Loud and yeah. clear. Uh, Ed, what is your top five pick? Number five, uh, Final Exurion on Switch and PC. Um. If if y'all know me, y'all know that I love some Fami Trash and uh, those really early like Famicom shooters kind of scratch a nostalgic itch, and perhaps one of the best ones of the time was Exurion. Like I played Exurion a lot on a thirty-one and one cartridge that I used to have, and um, and Final Exurion does a lot of the same stuff. It has the same kind of jank that I really like. <laughs> This isn't a, a an especially refined game. It's it's not a pretty game. It's it's in fact one of the ugliest games I think I've played in a long time. But it's also one of the most fun games I've played in a long time. It's got some really neat hooks to it. Um and, and I t- I took an in-depth look on it um with with the return of Bullet Heaven um in episode uh, I don't know what episode it was. Some episode uh, early on in <laughs> And the thing, I'll have it up in a second. You're all in a second. I'm not prepared. Uh, content. Here we go. Uh, it was episode 343. Hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, it's 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 Exurion. It feels like Exurion. It's got the same kind of inertia-based flying. You can go all over the screen. Uh, you have a really slow double shot, a very fast rapid shot to start, but that rapid shot also gives way to other power-ups that you can get. Uh, what's cool is that uh, when you build up a certain gauge, you can summon an item carrier, which not only clears the screen of enemies and shots, uh, but also drops one of the aforementioned power-ups. Um, each power-up has a, a corresponding weapon. It spells Exurion, and um, and you can really sort of um, it's it's randomly dropped, but it really sort of um, uh, enhances the way you deal with your your enemy opposition. And while it, it can sometimes not be as optimal as it it, it should be, um, it's, it's easy enough to get a hang uh, the, the hang of each of these items to make it through until the next item is. Uh, is dropped. Also, you can abandon them. You can just kind of uh, disarm it and then build up another gauge and then get another uh, another item really quick. So it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, it's got like 13 stages, which is kind of a long a long haul for this sort of a game. But um, but yeah, the the music and the uh, and the presentation is uh, is is pretty great. So yeah, I'd say definitely check that one out. It's not even that expensive, and it sort of no, came out like of nowhere. Fit- yeah, yeah it, it's like it's 15 bucks and it's funny because it was like, oh, what would you do if you did a lazy axle uh, uh, overhaul of Exurion? <laughs> and like, there yeah. you go. I mean, it's got it's got the right hallmarks like the original arcade and even Famicom Exurion had the same kind of, uh, you know, popping up over the horizon thing. But like final Exurion, that shit just springs up. It's crazy. So, like I say, it's it's ugly, but it works, and uh, and I appreciate actually having the the release for it uh, available, you know, worldwide. I'd have gotten it from the Japanese eShop anyway, but yeah, it's a super fun game. Neat. I I, I do remember that bullet heaven. I'm just like this 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 is a little neat. This is a little distraction. <laughs> um, so my my top five, uh, which is funny because I believe it's. Uh, probably everyone's uh, number one in a lot of different lists, which, like, I can see that, uh, is Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Uh, I believe that as far as all of the, and, and you know, dare I say it, stigma that's come with the new Super Mario Brothers series, because I, I believe, like, at the time that it came out, the novelty of just having a new 2D Mario in and of itself alone was what really carried that fucking series just carried it in in like existence and all and even then i think the only reason why it has any sort of reverence at this point of time is for folks who are really invested in the mario maker scene and kind of really want to dissect and Mm -hmm. pull apart that that foundation that formula for mario maker purposes but aside from that uh there there was this like uncanny valley vibe to it 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 like it has like mario hallmarks but i feel like they're all superficial like it didn't have that magic or charm that like people associate you know with a 2d mario game like we did with super mario world or mario world 2 or Mar- or, or the original brothers to an extent like that yeah. super uh, mario 3 it was not yeah that like fucking like the ennui so to speak uh Super Mario Brothers Wonder, however, from everything. And, like, you know, uh, Andrew and I have kind of gone at length talking about, like, how, like, some of the Switch games that he's played 
uh, have like performed poorly, and we can go on. There's a few others like the way they're not just they, they're just not optimized to run very well mm. on the Switch, regardless of dock or portable. Uh, this is the most optimized game I have ever seen run on. Like it is fucking gorgeous, and mm. like it so fluid. It it runs better than most games I've seen uh, on the highest setting with the highest allocation of resources. Uh, this game tops it just because they really rebuilt Mario from the ground up, and they that that dare I say sense of wonder, the whimsy that like you kind of found from like the original roots of Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I, I feel like they've refined uh, for a new generation in wonder, like I, the wonder seed. Uh, kind of just changing and completely tearing apart anything and everything you expect out of the level to where, like, ev- every level that you go to, you're going to get a what's next. A- and the the sense of, like, a- exploration still being maintained and done so, like, I would say in a very balanced format with... Um, with the power-ups and just the design. And I think this is the very first and, like, such a welcome because you all know me. I love my 2.5D bullshit. Like, I I still, please, I did a whole expose over dissecting just the nuances and definitions of what it is to be 2.5D and why it's so appealing. The fact that we have forefront and foreground and background traversal and levels and that's incorporated into the design of a level is just it's mind-blowing i cannot stress enough also the novelty again going back to like a multiplayer side-scrolling mario game it is i have not seen a multiplayer mario game done this well since uh bowser's fury where bowser's fury kind of you know refined what 3d world did uh this refines the I dare I say very antagonistic and lackluster approach that the new Super Mario Brothers uh you know series did granted I'll give you its credit with you know what it did with the Wii U pad and kind of again trying to make multiplayer a little bit more approachable they fucking nail it here especially with its online environment and the standees being able to just provide inadvertent like I wouldn't say inadvertent but it's like the most subtle form of support to where everything just feels like a cohesive world and you're really just playing with everyone else. I, I cannot stress this enough. Uh, as far as my top five, it's, it's top five, which may be low, but it is certainly one of my favorite Switch games released all of year. Like, it came out of nowhere. It, like, it very much surprised me. Now, I liked Sonic Superstars more, and I'll get into that later on, but I, I cannot stress enough. Get, fucking grab Wonder. Wonder is a must-have for any Switch owner. I'm... And it honestly, it gets kudos, honestly, just because of the fact that it lets you pick two princesses this time. And for anyone that has daughters, plural, that play games, that is probably the most important thing they could have ever done in the game. Because then you don't have your kids fighting over Peach. That's a really good point, yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> uh, also worth noting, it appears that the uh, Japanese version is considerably less expensive than the uh, North American version in Canada. Uh, so that might be a way to go about it and save a few bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I love the regional system of the Switch because it's funny you said that, and I think I brought it up before, but when we went to Japan, do you guys want to know how much I spent on Pikmin 4? It was like 30 bucks, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 30 bucks. 
And I was brand new, like sealed, physical copy. And like, it, it's just, it's funny to me. But to be honest, like that, that just goes back to economical conversion. Because like the, the $30 US there is the equivalent, again, of 60 bucks yen there. So it's not like it was just a sale. But yeah, it's, I, I think the switch as far as the approachability of like grabbing like, you know, various regions of stuff. Uh, I think is what's made it more palatable to me. Uh, the, the PlayStation 4, I, I can't speak to the 5, but the PlayStation 4 has kind of had a similar vibe. Um, but yeah, hey, no. PS, PS5 as well. I'm getting all kinds of stuff out of Japan. Oh, neat. Well, there And you actually, go. Uh, if the, uh, the, the Japanese yen is even weaker than the Canadian dollar, so I, even I save money on it. Damn. Shots fired. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I absolutely recommend Wonder. Um, I I recently did a limelight stream uh, where we I, I was just kind of breaking apart like I I think just the design and and attention to detail that it puts in is just so subtle like it very much feels like the only thing that I would say that is not what what makes like is a knock again a knock against it is that every level is so bespoke in like its experience that like uh, the replay value is like kind of small i would think like going back when you when you kind of know the the shtick or the hook of said level uh and you want to replay it i don't know it it just it, it stays so fresh in your memory that like who knows maybe it'll be refreshing all over again in a couple of years but you know it sounds for... it sounds good for speed running though yeah oh no uh and like again like the way it's set up and uh broken apart and especially with like you know because you don't have to get the wonder seed so kind of dissecting like when and when not to and whatnot yeah it, it introduces a whole new layer of metagaming that uh, again i don't believe the other ones took into account at least intentionally but yeah uh so top four so andrew talk to oh, me my dude so uh this next one i don't think anyone else played this but i just want to give real props to this game called juicant I believe. I don't know how you actually pronounce this. Yeah, I never heard of this when you when we were yeah, pre-gaming uh, the lists. So it, it's a don't nod game. Uh, it came out, I think, in October. And so this game holds a special place in my heart. Uh, we had recently lost a pet. Mm. So I was wanting to just kind of dive into something that was easy, not difficult, just kind of like a a chill game. And I had seen this one on my radar. It came out, I think, around... I want to say it was early in October, but I got around to it playing, you know, end of the month of October, and I just dove right in. It's a kind of like puzzle-based climbing game. You're climbing up this like massive uh, mountain, basically, mm-hmm. and, and all the while you're climbing, you're finding artifacts and remnants of this culture of people that lived at one point in time, but because of the water basically drying up and going away they've had to go to safer places. So you're kind of like in this like desert wasteland, climbing up this mountain, trying to figure out what happened to this culture of people that had to kind of suddenly evacuate because they lost the water. And and you have this little like, kind of like, I don't know, water spirit blob thing that kind of follows you around. It'll give you hints. It'll kind of show you how to navigate. And, and yeah, you're like just like repelling on these mountains uh, you know, uh, climbing and swinging, and you know, as you progress and get higher and higher, 
wind becomes a factor. A lot of elements kind of work against you getting up to the top uh, of your, your climb. But the game itself was never, like, super difficult. It was challenging, but never, like, brutally difficult. So it was just a nice game to kind of play at your own pace, mm-hmm. kind of explore. And, and the whole experience for me was very cathartic because it's a lot about, like, you know, going through a trauma and, and kind of coming out the other side and trying to restart and trying to find a way to, like, move forward. And so for that part of time of my life, that was kind of something I needed to play. Like, it was just, like, at the right time, you know, right situation. Uh, there's no, like, actual, like, dialogue. You're just finding letters. You're finding correspondence that you read throughout, you know, uh, your your progress. Oh, wow. For a Don't Nod game? Yeah, no, no. And if there was talking, it's probably, like, I don't think there's actually any spoken dialogue at all. No. I mean, you, you hear the little, like, thing that's with you. You hear, like, like, ambient noises and whatnot, but that's it. And, yeah, and, like, the little thing will, like, chirp at you and make sounds and stuff like that. But, yeah, there, there's no actual, like, dialogue at all. Uh, but, yeah, man, like, what a cool experience, man. It, it's a fairly, you know, easy playthrough. I'd say about 8 to 10 hours. Uh, never super challenging, but just enough to, like, you know, get you kind of, like, thinking about how to navigate and how to, like, progress. Uh, but, yeah, really cool, unique experience. The climbing was very enjoyable. Um, yeah, and like I said, just for me personally, it was just a game that I really needed at the time, so I was very appreciative to be able to play it, experience it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would say it's on Game Pass. I think it's coming to PlayStation. It is on Game Pass. Uh, okay, I'll grab it. Yeah, and I think it's coming to PlayStation. I don't know about a Switch release. I kind of doubt Switch, uh, but I know it's on PC as well. So yeah, I would highly recommend. Neat. Thank you, dude. Yes, sir. Uh, wow. Yeah, that one. Like, I I think. That's really the only one that I came into with this recording that I had, like, no prior knowledge of. And, like, I didn't even realize that Don't Nod changed their branding. Like, their logo. <laughs> so, um, it's all it's all kinds of weird now. Um, yeah, and they're known for, like, the narrative stuff. So, it was definitely a departure, I think. All right. Ed, what is your top four? Number four <clears throat> is Betsagun S Tribute Boosted. Uh, which was released on, I think, PC, uh, not PC. Um, it was released on Switch and PlayStation 4, I believe. And um, <clears throat> the uh, Batsugun S, oh, maybe it's on PC. I'm not sure. But don't get it on either, uh, anything but PS4, because it seems as if um, that's the sweet spot for all the S-Tribute games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's too much lag on the, uh, the, Switch, on the Switch. And there is like really weird um performance issues on PC. I noticed that specifically with uh, the the layer section in Galactic Attack as tribute. Uh but yeah, PS4 super sharp, uh super responsive. The the graphics are nice and clear. Um and it's got an arranged soundtrack by a number of prominent uh artists in Japan such as Shinji I think Shinji Hosoe is in there. Uh definitely Wazi 303. Um, and it really sort of freshens up the uh, the original soundtrack in all the right ways. Uh, yeah, so if uh, if you've ever been curious about Batsugun, uh, this is definitely the way to go about playing it. It's I'd say prohibitively expensive on uh, Saturn if you want. A oh copy man, of all it. the Saturn so, tribute games like yeah. these are the most definitive ways to really play it. For sure, yeah, and and like I say, like even with like say Elevator Action or there was a couple of others as well, uh, like. Uh, the layer Cotton. section and 
Uh, oh, yeah. Caught, well, that one there is a little different because that was their first attempt. <laughs> so they never really got that one under control, even on PlayStation. Oh. But uh, but it's better with updates now than it was when it first came out. I, I probably wouldn't go with that one, though, because, uh, like I say, it was their first attempt with the Zebra engine. And it didn't really work. But everything after that is shockingly good on PS4. Um so yeah, I'd I'd say yeah, if you're if you're at all curious about Batsugan, because it is it was uh Toa Plant's final game. And uh it, it sort of uh laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff that Cave would do later down the line. In fact, uh Dodanpachi also has a a Bats, uh, a Toa a Toa Plan logo, I believe, in the the third or fourth stage. Maybe it's the second stage. I'm not sure which stage, but there's actually like a building shaped like a Toa Plan logo in it. So it shows the roots, and that's kind of what they went on to go uh, to do. But yeah, this this uh, Betsugun is is what basically led to that, and you can really feel it. Uh, but it also has its own identity too. So for sure, ch- check out uh, Betsugun as tribute on PS4. Yeah, it's like that. I, I think that's when you really started seeing the makings of Cave. Was right. I don't know. I get cave vibes, but that that's essentially what Toa Plan shifted into being, right? Yeah, exactly. And it also has like neat uh, neat hooks, like um, there's a level up system in it, so your ship will actually change shape as it levels up mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. through like enemy destruction. You get like big uh, experience bonuses from defeating bosses and stuff. And yeah, the, I wouldn't say that the rank is impenetrable, but there's definitely like a sharp rank increase if you do. Oh really yeah, well. like yeah. after level two, yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, number four pick, uh, Sonic Superstars. Really? I really, I really think uh, Sega knocked it out of the park. Sonic Team actually knocked it out of the park. I think what they did is they finally, uh, they did their homework with what made Sonic Mania so neat and so good. I unfortunately got the the most uh, technically inferior version with the Switch, which unfortunately it's again. <laughs> A tale as sad as olden time uh, with the optimizations. But aside from that, it still plays really well. It's still 60 frames. Um, And in terms of being able to do a 2D Sonic game that uh, incorporates the the same dynamics and physics of the Genesis titles the way Vania did uh, using that engine and uh, delivering a level design that really... Uh, place those uh, int- uh, those strengths as, and also doing so in a multiplayer format, uh, and some of the really fun and fucking unique things that it does, and also it it really does kind of harken back to like, hey, like this is in in this is old Scott, like they fucking brought back Fang the Sniper, like it has like the city pop '90s vibe the that that Sonic was kind of in or stuck in, uh, you know pre-Saturn, post-Genesis in, in that vibe uh, without getting weird Archie comics <laughs> about it. Um, and it plays wonderfully. It introduces uh, whole new mechanics that I've really enjoyed, like the fact that each Chaos Emerald has its own unique power that you can exhaust and use as opposed to just being like these gated tokens that allow you to go super. Um, that, it, the again, the, the, the delicacies of trying to balance like especially with the fact that uh multiplayer sonic in the past is has been just glorified little brother mode 
so to speak, in, in or little sibling mode, I should say, uh, and not doing what it can to fully include every player. Uh, Superstars really addresses that area of opportunity well in both design and pacing, and I, I, I had a blast with it. I really, really enjoyed it. I think it... I think it really did more to add to the for, the Sonic formula that like Wonder kind of gave me back more of what I wanted, but uh, I already had expectations going in that uh, Superstars surpassed, and I just honestly had more fun with when like I would d- determine like, hey, which one am I gonna pop into play? Uh, I found myself doing more Superstars, and I and I uh, beat Superstars. I'm like nearing the end game of Wonder. But like wonder is one of those like ah you know I've I've had my fill like it's a very like I have my popcorn moments with uh, superstars I was fucking I was in I was hooked um, and I absolutely would recommend it to uh, anyone that like kind of wanted to you know recapture that feeling with mania that they, that did and like kind of wanted more of it they can do it again with superstars and I really cannot recommend it enough I kind of hope that you know whatever we do see as far as a 2d effort between that and then the revamp of origins uh i i don't know i'm kind of hoping that um we get more of that not necessarily like what we've seen out of like the generations or colors or Mm -hmm. or any of the other um like uh quote-unquote rush sub-series of 2d sonic games that that are a hybrid mix of uh 3d still in them uh I, I'm totally for that and, and can't wait to see more. So that is my number four pick. Like, Sega really fucked it up with that. So I'm good with that. Awesome. We're on yeah. to the top three, you all. Number three. Oh, nice. But right, top three, Andrew. Go. Top three. Okay, so this is where it gets a little dicey for me because it's hard to structure my thoughts on these last three. Uh, I will go with Spider-Man 2. Um only because I didn't get a chance to play through all of it, but um, I had just start, I had just played Miles Morales like earlier this year, so it's almost like I kind of want to do like a Miles Morales slash Spider Man two mm-hmm. uh, in, in this spot because I really did enjoy Miles Morales. Um, I felt like going into two, it definitely gave me more reverence for the villains because I did not think that Miles Morales did a very good job of the villains it, and I know that was kind of like its own standalone like side thing mm-hmm. and and I know uh, OG Spider-Man the first Spider-Man actually did a pretty good job with the villains for the most part but man something about this sequel like they really do the villains like justice and you know it's kind of like introducing or kind of establishing more of like a Sinister Six kind of vibe with the villains and uh yeah, just seeing some of them represented in the game now has been really cool to experience. And obviously, like, incorporating Venom, uh, you know, is, is a big deal in the games. Uh, but yeah, no, I think 2 has been more of the same, you know. There's a lot of fetch questy kind of stuff. There's, you know, trying to, like, navigate and experience the map and, and, you know, find things in the world. Swinging is enjoyable as always. Uh, they've incorporated some new mechanics. Like, I know, like, to launch up in the air, I think, is a new thing. And, uh... I'm all uh, for a deeper also... playground, honestly. Like, cause that's all oh, yeah. vibe and, it was. It was, a... and, and and if anything, like they make it harder to open up the map. Cause I remember in Miles Morales, man, you got fast travel pretty quick. Yes, and, and it made just, things just watching him ride the subway. Okay, and it made things so much smoother. This and two, you have to really kind of work your way through the map to get kind of like a 
you kind of like earn more experience in each part of the the world. Like so, like each borough is like experience you have to earn, and once you've earned enough experience in that in that part, then you can fast travel in that area. But yeah, they do not make it easy to get around. Like you have to do a lot to get to that point. Um, but swinging's good. They have this new glide mechanic, so you can actually glide once you get enough height, mm-hmm. and you can use like the wind. You can use like uh, different kinds of like boosts to like, glide from place to place. So it doesn't take you very long to get from one location to the other, but you still have to kind of do it. There's no fast travel really initially. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really really good. And I and like I said, I think they did the villains justice. I think that it's way more of a better experience than Miles Morales. I think it incorporates some of the things I liked about Miles Morales, but really just like opens up the the sandbox, opens up the mechanics. And now, since you are both Spider-Man and Miles, and you kind of switch off like GTA Five style, um, you have to use your skill tree and your skill points you earn to either assign skills towards both of them or individually. So it does kind of let you cater to your play style. And you're not really missing out much if you don't do stuff as Peter or you do stuff as Miles. But there are parts of the story where you will have to switch off at one point in time. But if you're doing just normal traversing, you can choose either Miles or Peter based on your preference. So um, they handle a lot of that stuff pretty well. And it's kind of cool, too. Like You'll actually like come into a, a battle where Miles is already fighting a group of like thugs. And you'll swoop in and kind of like help and assist. Mm-hmm. So these things are happening at the exact same time. You're just not aware of what's going on like with the other person at any given time. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the only thing I didn't like about it is in the actual story mode aspects of it, it kind of almost felt like uh, Marvel Avengers where it's like, okay, we're going to walk and look at all this stuff. And that was like most of the story beats. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it just not, not really inspired. It, it was kind of the story parts are kind of boring for the most part, but oh. yeah, action's great. Traversing's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so far it's been really good. I really enjoy it. And I, I think for people that like Spider-Man, it's it's more of the same, oh. which is a good thing, for sure. <laughs> okay, I I don't know. I really liked uh, Miles Morales, so if it's more of that, same. but just with more in depth, uh, if we got some Donkey Kong '64 ass tag barrels, like I'm I'm good for it. I'm, I'm... Essentially, yeah, yeah. You'll go through rings and stuff like that when you're flying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Ed, talk to me, my dude. Number three. Number three, uh, the only game by technicality from 2022 in my list is Astro Ninja Man DX for the Famicom. Yeah, I was about to say, fucking, I've been trying to find a copy. Oh, it's so good. Amazon should still have them, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Columbus Circle published, uh, developed by Ricky, also known for Kira Kira Star Knight Deluxe and uh, 8-Bit Music Power and 8-Bit Music Power Final, also for Famicom. Um, Astro Ninja Man DX is a fixed style shooter where you have the titular Ninja Man staving off an alien invasion. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty good game. It's a real experience. I would even go, go so far as to say, I uh, watched your bullet heaven. I loved it. it I, basically when I watched it, I'm just like, Whoa, so this is what it'd be like if Star Jacker was a good game. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, it's got sort of a risk reward because your objective in terms of scoring is to clear off everything on the screen in order to get bonus items for your score. Uh, it's only four stages long, but I think uh, that helps it not overstay its welcome. Um, the main draw, obviously, is going to be the uh, the presentation. It's got some really cool uh, parallax tricks 
and uh, like large sprite and background manipulation that really sort of make it a, a kind of a special game in the visuals department on Famicom. Uh, it shouldn't be much of a surprise because, you know, there's been 40 years uh, to figure out how to squeeze as much out of Famicom as possible, even using just standard uh, chipsets, right? Uh, but also the, the soundtrack is is pretty much where it's at. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, standouts like Namiki, which does a lot of the cave soundtracks like from uh, Mushihime-sama or Donabaji or uh, I think Espgaluda as well. Uh, he did this the soundtrack for. Um, and then you've got, uh, what's his name? Daisuke Matsumoto. I think that's another guy that's in there. Uh, but there, I forget off the top of my head, I forgot, I forget his name, but the, the guy behind the, uh, the Rekka soundtrack, uh, Summer oh. Carnival 92. Yeah. He did a lot of, a lot of the music in this and you can definitely tell like it bleeds his style all over the place in the best sort of way. So, uh, if you can grab it, it's, it's going to be a good time. It, it's not going to be, you know, uh, something that you're going to spend days, weeks or months on unless you really want to squeeze the most out of the scoring. But I mean, when it comes straight down to it, the visual and uh, and sound style of this game is going to carry it a long way, and it's always a good to, a good game to sort of revisit for that quick fix. It's yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing, I'd say. So my number three is Alan Wake Two, and I said earlier when we first started, like that this is not what I believe to be the best game, but it is my it just might be my favorite game. I meant that right. It it's yeah. just. I love I my only gripe is some of the puzzle design is a little too obtuse and it's either it there's there's no in between it's very hot and cold like there mm. there is a puzzle that is in the very early onset of the game to get a shotgun that I feel is very <laughs> very obtuse <laughs> the lotto ticket the lotto That's ticket all good. the lotto ticket yeah yeah and then uh, th- there's definitely some things that I did in that game where I kind of scratched my head and I'm like this needs to be more obvious. Why is this not more obvious? Well, but then it's too obvious. Like when I got the crossbow, well, the crossbow. Once you see it, you're like, oh, okay. But like, it's just, it's weird. It's like disguised as complicated. Yes. And it's not, but it's disguised as that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, like there are various ones where the logic is like a little, like I, I think the nursery rhyme puzzles are my favorite uh, just mm-hmm. because like they, they really kind of just challenge uh, various placement and reading comprehension. But it even goes beyond that. Just beyond some of the logic design of the puzzles, the overall like the uh, the game loop, and just the the freedom of kind of tackling the game, it it adds so much to Alan Wake in ways that I didn't think were possible. Like they really really impressed me. Like I love the dynamic of switching between Saga and Alan. Like once you get to a point in the game, and just the fact that like the dynamics are so clearly defined with saga being this uh hard-boiled uh, fucking FBI agent that really tackles everything like it's a case even when like the weirdest wildest shit is happening uh she's still very composed <laughs> to a second I'm like bro she's, she's like she's like I'm excited about this I get to investigate yeah, I get, a cult I get to investigate cool. things that fucking would like 
break any normal person. But like right. uh just the mechanic of the mind palace in the writer's room. Oh yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, the mind place because BBC mind has a, t- a trademark yes. on mind Yeah, Sh- Sh- Sherlock TM TM TM. Yes, yeah, so the mind place and then being able to actually break things apart in a uh, web graph for your case, uh your cases, your profiling like very much like when you play a saga, you you feel like a FBI uh, agent that is trying to make sense of the situation and get to the bottom of the case. When you play as Alan, you are doing everything you can to retain sanity, but do what you're good at. And that's be a writer, be creative. And the fact that like mm-hmm. you could like, like it has very much linked to the past vibes. And I love, love that in the segments involving Alan, which mm-hmm. in and of itself, the way it's so uh, arranged is so beautiful. It's in, in its prequel fashion where like, you kind of get to relive more of what like Alan's been up to in the last 13 years being stuck in hell dimension. Um, it It's just, it's incredible that like in various segments you discover plot elements. And then because of the whole hook being that plot elements can come to life due to like a weird satanic magic, you then have to shift around like, okay, I'm a writer. What if we did this? Cause I'm writing the story as we go along and it changes the world. And you do that to open up pathways. You do that to fucking right. change various conditions. It's brilliant. I, it really is. And, and I, it's weird because like, just to kind of like forego my my choice uh, later. This was my game of the year. Oh, for sure. Um, only because I think this game was done with such a reverence and such a love for the universe they created and the craft. And uh, you kind of mentioned how like things are being done in real time. You're like, well, it's writing as we go along. So if I manipulate this or do this, this will transpire. Um, if have you ever played Titanfall two? No, and it's always the, like, we need to go back and play it. And it's cheap as shit now. It is. So Titanfall 2 does something similar, not to spoil too much, but Titanfall does this thing to where you go into the past and do things, and then it affects things when you time jump. And this is happening seamlessly, like, as you're playing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a revolutionary thing to see done, like, in real time. And that, you're saying, like, with the writing, I agree, like, the, the the narrative is happening. You're you're getting the manuscript pages. Things are happening as as you're doing them, and so you're like, well, now words are going to be the weapon that we'll use to manipulate things that we're doing, and uh, especially right now, like because we've been reading a lot. My my family and I, mm-hmm. uh, my wife especially, and her genre choice has been suspense, thriller, that kind of genre, and so hearing the plot twists and the things that she's been reading, and then seeing this happen in the game. Uh, it's really exciting because, like, if you're a fan of reading, if you're a fan of writing, like, these things just appeal to you. And the aesthetic is awesome. Like, I love the the hard-boiled detective, the FBI agent, you know, Alan Wake being completely off his fucking rocker. Uh, it is all so very well done. I just, I just so hate that well it's made all the, like, I, I really just need to bare my teeth and grit it and, and go through control because now... It like yes. where there was quote unquote loose ties. There are very direct ties, and Alan Wake oh. Two absolutely references yes. control absolutely. a lot. But I never thought it would make American Nightmare as important <laughs> as it is. Well, yeah, and that's that's the worst thing about playing through two is like I really wish I would have went back and revisited uh, some of the older stuff because like even getting used to the combat again was kind of tough. Like doing like the like the fast turn 
Yeah, and the, the Dodge turn mechanics. The Dodge. Yes, it was very hard to get. And then like the the burst with the flashlight, like that stuff was kind of hard to get used to. And like it's such an intense and scary moment when you encounter like enemies for the first time. That was like completely off my game. Like you really have to like get back into like knowing how to do those mechanics. Because I, I was I was a beast once I played Alan Wake. Like once I got through it, like I was like no problem in the combat. Like I was a pro. Now I feel very like under like prepared well, for the whole for the situation. The one idea that I have, and I and I I'm fairly certain I can do this, is mm. that I believe with the safe rooms having the shoebox. I believe I can actually, because um, that's the one thing. Certain weapons are made available through Alan's playthrough versus Saga's playthrough. Uh, I think you can swap mm. weapons because I feel like I'm getting all the best weapons with Saga, and I'm gonna try putting one of them in the shoebox. And, and it shows up and, for him. Yes. So yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah, that absolutely. I'm makes gonna. Sense. So I'll get back with you on that. But yeah, there's just okay. between that the presentation. Like, there's such a like. You know, we always make fun of the fact that Alan Wake is like Luigi's Mansion for adults, uh, but like there's <laughs> there's so more to it now. Like the pretension, uh, I think it's dropped a lot of that, and it's really, if anything, garnered and and really leaned into the absurdity of itself. The rock oh, yeah. opera scene, the fucking, mm-hmm. uh, just the presentation of uh, real footage uh, juxtaposed with in-game models, like done better than it was ever done in Quantum. Oh, well, that's the thing, too. Like, like I, I saw, like, early on in the game, you approach the sheriff, and I was like, why does he look so familiar? Yeah, he's the and sheriff like, from the first one. And now, it, well, oh, wait, was he in the first one? Yeah, well, I think he's a relative or he's related to the first one. So Nightingale okay, I, is also in the first one. Okay, well, then also, like, he was in, like, the voice actor, the actor was in Quantum Break. And I was like, was Quantum Break a remedy joint? Yes. I was like, Holy shit! It was like uh, just like all these like ties to all their previous there, stuff. There's basically like, it's a, all there. There's a it's been confirmed by Sam Lake that all the Remedy games, uh, and, and that includes did. Max Payne, they they're all tied together. They all have a shared universe, and at some point we will get our Fortnite fucking release uh, Fuck from yeah, it. Dude. Uh, well, Absolutely. I know you have to go soon, so I know we will yeah. uh, we'll, we'll kind of change it up a little bit. What okay. what is your number two? So, yeah, so Alan Wake 2 would have been my number one. My number two was Dave the Diver. Um, so this this got a little bit of criticism because I know it was – we talked about the Keelys, mm-hmm. and it was in there as <laughs> – it, it, was, it, was it was in there as an indie game. And a lot of people got kind of salty about that. And, and I get it because it's Nexon, and, you know, it's maybe not an indie company that put the game out, but I don't think that should prevent people from giving it a shot. Because this game got its hooks in me uh, for the first time since Hades. Like, oh, wow. I got I got really into this game. Like, it's gotten some time on my Switch. Uh, it's pretty simple. Like, you go and dive, and you find fish, and you complete objectives, and you have a lot of these, like, you know, like, jobs you have to do. And then all the while you're doing all this in this randomly generated uh, part of the ocean. So it's always different. Uh, you know, landscapes that you'll traverse, and there's different fish you'll find. There's different challenges to uh conquer. All the while you're doing all this, you are catching fish and uh, trying to survive. And then when you come up to the mainland, you uh help run this uh, sushi restaurant. And you got to flip so that the, fish. And 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 you're getting these fish, and you're getting these rare 
uh, ingredients to make your sushi. And then while you're doing this, your sushi restaurant is getting uh, notoriety and you're getting, you know, more fans and they will bring in more money and more uh, VIPs to come and eat your sushi restaurant. And it's just a, it's just a loop, a constant loop, randomly generated roguelike uh, fishing restaurant simulator game, I guess uh, that's the best way I can describe it. But it like you really get into it and it gets you that one more time, one more playthrough, one more round. Uh, and it just really gets, it, it, it hooks you deep. And it's getting to the point now where for me, it's actually getting very difficult because I'm traversing lower and lower into the depths, um, encountering more and more of these like, you know, rare, you know, sharks and different kinds of like predators and, uh, you know, weapon choice is key. Uh, you know, utilizing the oxygen to your best ability, and and a lot of these things, a lot of these things are kind of coming into play. Uh, but yeah, it's a game that's easy to play. It's hard to master, and it it's, just like I said, it sounds like it really. You know what? It reminds me of a Sukuna of Rice and Ruin. Like yes, a- okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I or, or uh, what was the um, shoot? What was the the side scroller where you cooked? Oh, um, like the, it was gourmet and it had like the, um, yeah, it was done by the developers of, uh, Skullgirls, I think. It was like something brigade, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Something like that? Yes. Fuck, what was that called? But yeah, it definitely, those kinds Battle of vibes. Battleship brigade, man. I think. I'm looking yeah. it up right now. But yeah, man, I, uh, I, 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 I wanted to play it for a while. I played the demo and I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. I dig this. And then I, I, I bought it kind of on a whim. And just it got its hooks in me deep, and I was like, "It is Battle is... Chef Brigade." Yeah, like this game is dope. So you can get it for about fifteen to twenty bucks. It's on Steam. It's on Switch. Um, yeah, perfect on the Switch, man. Like that is a game you just pick up and play a bunch of rounds. You feel like you accomplish something, and then you move on. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really cool, man. I I would have said for the amount of time I put into it, it would probably have been my top game, but it's not revolutionary it just scratched it just scratched all like the fundamental itches it really did yeah it definitely got its hooks in and like yeah you're right it scratched the itch i needed uh until hades 2 comes out uh and yeah i've been wanting to play a roguelike for a while that isn't too challenging and that was the perfect opportunity so so yeah i really enjoyed it um not a roguelike but definitely now that it's coming out on switch and before you go and uh also an honorable mention a randomly void stranger Please grab Void Stranger. I kind of wish I grabbed it on Switch versus Steam, but I might get a Steam Deck this year, so who knows? Is that the first person one? No, that's the okay. uh, that's the top down um, puzzle. Uh, it's got Sokoban elements. Like it's a, it that it, looks cool. I, I look it up. Look at Void yeah. Stranger, dude. You it it will it also tears apart uh all all any preconceptions you may have of uh, a puzzle pl- uh, a puzzle game of its ilk uh it, it'll fuck you up um but yeah dude that that is a worthy so um we will take all of that into consideration because i know you got to go soon sure. um, yeah yeah but if there was a game i mean i guess we'll do what we can to kind of deliberate uh between ed and i uh mm-hmm. what what the uh, podcast game of the year is but i have an idea to be honest because thinking about it more we'll, we'll we'll get to it but i i think uh we we can we can shoot you a message i think i know what i'm personally leaning towards but i'm still gonna go into my top
uh, now I, I'll, I'll go into. I guess you and I can just exchange top two and top uh, one. So uh, mine uh, was uh, Baldur's Gate three. Uh, okay. Bald, dude, it. <laughs> so I sunk 130 hours, and you would think. And to be honest, I I will say this: my top game, I sunk 80 hours. So this is as far as the biggest time sink. It is Baldur's Gate three, but as we've all discussed, uh, quantity does not necessarily equate uh, quality. Um, there, I would say, as far as like the game that I want to go back to and I'm excited to play and have the opportunity to do that to an extent, it it would be this because as we've discussed before, both you present and Andrew, I I had to really tear down the conception of like trying to do everything in one playthrough it's impossible you you just can't yeah uh like there there are literal paths where like it in a game isn't very upfront about it there are forks in a road and then if you go a certain direction even if you decide to circle back and go the other fork there are decisions that are made that take into account that you're going through this and even if you try to do that there's another mechanic that i hate i hate only because i wish it was more clear there is an invisible timeline, so or a, a gated uh, time limit is what I should say. Okay. To where uh, every game day can be ended with a rest, and then you start a new game day. However, if you don't do certain quests uh, within a certain amount of time, like they aren't doable. Like you basically fail the quest by basically like say you get distracted and do other things and try to multitask, but you you don't keep the task of getting that objective done within that same game day. You move on to a long rest, like the it's just gone. There were essentially five companions that I completely missed out on, only because I put focus into grinding and uh, kind of getting involved in the minutia of the game, and because they their encounter only sticks around for certain days, that they move on, and like the game is not clear about that at all. Which, if it's trying to emulate like the the dynamicism of you know being able to do certain things uh within like a D campaign i get it but you gamify those aspects into a game like baldur's gate you should be able to gamify objectives that that's what for me honestly held it back from being my top is that there's just that it just fucking rubbed me the wrong way but not to the point where i never wanted to i absolutely want to touch it again uh funny enough i almost lost all of my progress because, oh no! Well, I download. I've never fucked with PC mods before, Ed. I downloaded <laughs> Vortex. I, I like that's how fucking much this game got its hooks into me. Uh, I downloaded something that promoted itself as a new games plus because I loved my character build, uh, not j- j- just the aesthetics, like everything. I wanted to carry it over, right? Because um, in in your mind, and I'm not trying to put blast on this modder, but I think they misrepresented or maybe intentionally when you think of new games plus like and we all know what the term is what do you think new games plus is to you so in my mind new game plus you start a game you got all your previous stats and um well that's pretty much it yeah oh and your equipment is uh is um is maintained as well right yeah so i assume that that would all be the case and i'd be able to keep my character build 
he promoted this as just a means to add like 20 new job classes and just to uh, enhance the AI by 300% to be harder. And I'm like, bro, that's huh. not New Games Plus. That's just, you, 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 it's an expansion. You just added more shit. But like, I asked him, like, so I can't carry over my stuff? I'm like, no, that'd be logistically impossible. I'm like, then don't, please don't call your mod New Games Plus. This isn't New Games Plus. Like, I even, like, after that call out in a 48 comment deep thread on the mod, people are like, yeah, I was about to say, I really hate the name of your mod. It's inaccurate and misleading. And, like, it is. It totally is. So I was able to uninstall it without uh, losing my save file. Um, but I, at some point, will start a new game. Uh, hopefully get in. But I, in ways where we recommend, like, I will say this, like, there, there is just too much. Oh, um, you know what game also does things kind of the same, but is actually still really good? Hmm. Uh, Valkyrie Profile, same kind of idea. Where, but like Valkyrie you can only, Profile, you can only you can only get certain characters at certain times, and if you're not careful, you just won't be able to. Oh yeah, and like, yeah. Fi- so Final Fantasy VII even does that with the secret characters, because like these characters are technically like they're they're totally optional, but yeah. like the part of the the meat of the game is the the narrative like fluff of Baldur's Gate is like the characterization being able to get to know these characters and like there are ways that you can exploit it and get because like there you're gonna run into the part where like just two characters don't get along and that you literally have if you go after recruiting one you're gonna alienate or make an enemy out of the other to where you have to fight and kill them and then they're gone from your game but there is a way to like sequence things like sequence break and then like get everybody to collect you know come together and get along which actually benefits the end game because then like when you're fighting the big bad at the end of the game depending on the allies and resources that you've built up to that point they'll all be there um so that's what i'm gonna do and granted that might defeat the spirit of Baldur's Gate, but that's how i want to play it um so at, at this point i would um Honestly, just I don't know, man. I, I I would recommend it to you. I would, but like, I remember we've tried to recommend like the Mass Effect trilogy to you, and I would say that's <laughs> a much, it's a much e- like it does sort of the same things. Like it, Baldur's Gate just does it on a whole different level, yeah. and it does it with bullshit dice rolls that you have to save scrum. <laughs> like really, like that's the thing too. Like yeah. I don't know how many times I've just loaded a new game because I got a bullshit dice roll because like I you know no. I have all my perks and my bonuses. Um, so that's the one thing. It like The conceit of it kind of gets in the way of itself, but it's still really neat what they've done. But uh, yes, 130 hours, I would say, is just a little under what I put into the entire Mass Effect trilogy. I put that into one fucking game. So you take that as you will. <laughs> uh, and as uh, Andrew has mentioned, um, the text isn't necessarily friendly on a deck uh but yes what is your number two my guy my number two is trouble which is final um i played it on playstation 4 it's also available on switch and uh, i'm not sure if it's on pc or not but uh, no no it's not on pc because origin is on there uh trouble which is final is as the title would indicate the final version of trouble which is episode one the daughters of amalgam Mm-hmm. Uh, that started life as a 2007 Dogen PC CD game. 
Um, and it's kind of evolved in a few different ways since then. Uh, the Xbox. I have Neo on Xbox 360. Yeah, Trouble Witches Neo was published by SNK Playmore, and it actually added a two-player function, which wasn't found in any other version of Trouble Witches. So it's mm. kind of unique in that sort of sense, and it has different uh, downloadable characters. Uh, Origin would be uh, a more straightforward enhancement of what the original was it added even more uh, downloadable stuff to it like modes and weapons and stuff but not the same characters uh, cotton was available on the pc version of origin um, but then final takes everything that origin was sans cotton and makes it one thing so everything that you found in origin as like a downloadable uh, content is in final by default what's really neat about final is that not only uh, is it uh, like a, a disc and a digital uh, a disc and digital format or like cartridge and digital, right? What's neat is that it only got a Japan release. So there, there hasn't been another release outside of Japan. But if you've got it in um, a system where your region is uh, set more or less to like North America, it auto uh, it, it automatically applies English localization to the entire game so oh, the, like the way switch regions do, yeah, does kind, that kind of the the title screen there's a different title screen in english than there is in japanese everything is completely uh redesigned for the english language uh all of the text in the story mode is in english all of the item descriptions um the stuff on the screen is hybridized so you'll see japanese and english with it but it's all there but it was only released in Japan. Mm. And that, that goes with the digital version as well. You can't get this in the North American eShop at all, uh, or even the European one, uh, if some of the comments are, are to be uh, believed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, only Japan. And it was it still has the localization for the entire world to enjoy it. So, like, you could buy it uh, either digitally or physically, and you're set to go even without an update, which is really cool. Um, the refinements to the formula, they've, um, the music and, and sound is more or less the same from the Japanese version. There's no like super awkward English delivery that was like relegated only to Neo. So like, don't get this if you're looking for that, cause it's not there at all. Um, but the, the graphics have been completely overhauled, like greatly enhanced. There's more stuff in the background. There are more little, uh, more little Easter eggs in, in the, the backgrounds, uh, the way that the characters are colored and represented in their portraits, all completely redone. Um, it looks really, really good. And it's, it's noticeably better than any other version. I would say like given the content that's included at no additional cost, uh, and the enhancements both to the, uh, to the visuals and the, uh, the localization of it, it's, it's one of the better bullet hell shooters for non uh for for people that don't necessarily have the patience or um how to say it, determination to play a game like Dodanpachi Daiojo. Mm-hmm. Um Trouble Witches is really good because it uses like magic circles to slow down shots and you can clear them away by defeating the the enemies that have shot them. Uh, if the enemy manages to get off screen, the shots will still remain, but they'll change yellow and home in directly on you. But they can be cleared with another magic circle anyways. They're just worth less. 
Um, there's there's shades of like fantasy zone and magical chase in there as well, where you can increase your life, buy spell cards, uh, increase the amount of magic that you've got to use your magic circles. Um, and so even on like a harder difficulty like uh, heart pounding or nausea, um, those ones there are going to be still manageable in ways that a game like Dodampachi would just, you know, completely obliterate you without a second thought in the first stage, right? But like on the hardest difficulty, I can consistently make it to like stage four without much issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of visual um, uncertainty with certain stages, like stage four, again, very difficult stage. It's very crowded. There's a lot of stuff going on, and sometimes it's just hard to see uh, enemy shots or enemies themselves, and you'll end up losing a life in kind of a kind of a bullshit way. I called it the ass crack of safety because it was never a certain <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, getting a one CC isn't particularly particularly difficult. Uh, the spell cards were maybe less. Uh, less certain of a thing in previous versions, but there always seems to be the right card for the right situation um, in in, uh, in this particular version. So it wasn't it wasn't as dicey as before. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of got me back into the whole trouble, which is I, I don't want to say serious because it's only been one game so far, but like I've it inspired me to get the original PC version, which you know I loaded up onto my PC, still works in Windows 10, so that's cool. Um, mm. and yeah, like I, I'm discovering stuff that they took out of later versions in the original version. So I don't know, I might do an, another revisit on the ones that I haven't done yet just because they're, they're different. Right. But trouble, which is final is def- definitely the best way to play the, to play this game. So, oh yeah. Cause Neo got delisted. <clears throat> it um, did. Yeah. I, I really like Neo though. I remember really, really when it, uh, just us gushing over it, uh, around the time of its release. I mean, um, it has all of the hallmarks that you'd find in Final as well. It's just slightly different, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I would wager not as good. But like, if you've played Neo, you know the basics of Final, and anything that you do in Neo translates well enough that you should be able to make decent progress with, with not much in the way of acclimation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, so. Uh, my number one, uh, which funny, I don't think uh, any of y'all have played, uh, but it was a very big deal to me in preparation, and uh, it really resonates. And I'm still trying to do everything I can to get used to the the new naming convention. Uh, but my number one is like a dragon, Gaiden, uh, the man who erased his name, uh, which is, for all intents and purposes. Uh, Yakuza 6 Gaiden. Or, I'm sorry, no, not Yakuza 6 Gaiden. Yakuza 7 Gaiden. Basically, everything that you do in Yakuza Like a Dragon with Ichiban and kind of just setting the stage for what he's doing, during that time, uh, Kiryu was moving. He was doing shit. And even even the the chapters in which he's involved, spoiler, the game's been out for a while, he's involved. I mean, it's more or less more apparent than ever given that he's blatantly on all the promo material for infinite wealth uh and everything and he's a he's being advertised like this is a big part like you are getting 
two fucking heroes in this package and whatnot. So uh, to say that he's not involved with Seven at this point is not a big clandestine secret. Like, the dude's in it. Um, But everything that you were doing as Ichiban in Seven, uh, the man who erases name covers in detail. And I think one of the big issues that I, like... The, the big issue that I had with six, I'm, I'm you know, and it's it not really that big of a gripe. However, six is supposed to be like the fucking the send off for the character. That's how it was intended. And you may notice, you know, not much of a send off of the character still involved. Right. Well, because it was a very flat anticlimactic send off and where I don't feel like any of the loose ends got the proper closure that they needed or anything to really just set in a place that like Kiryu will not be around for long. Like we were really moving on from this character. Like he is come, he's like fast approaching the end of his chapter. Um, and six kind of just was felt more like a cliffhanger than anything else. Like it did not feel like, Hey, this is fucking like the way uncharted four very much like wraps up, any any feelings you may have that like we will see Nathan Drake again? I don't think we will, unless it's some bullshit prequel, which I would, uh, you know, I don't. Naughty Dog at this point, they're more interested in milking Last of Us. <laughs> they're not milking Uncharted. Uh, it it still very much felt like a very proper end to the character, like a closure to the character. Uh, the man who erases name does everything. Basically, every like feeling of underwhelming, like so that's it, huh? Um, is rectified in a man who erases name, uh, and it it even then just uh, not even from a narrative or like just a, a a story investment, but the gameplay is also I I think again kind of just experimenting because with like a dragon sort of shifting to turn base and the uh, only way we're really gonna get the brawler like the intensive 3d brawler spike out inspired uh gameplay of it like we have with all the other entries of the series um was supposed to be through judgment and judgment is kind of up in the air just because it was tied to uh making or circling basically centering its likeness around a real life celebrity which i i'll tell you ed uh, I had yet to really understand the nuances of uh, celebrity likeness in Japan, much like until I researched like the fucking weird nuances of that game. Like the fact that like when people are like, how come the promotion for the game is so shitty? It is because of the deliberate and intentional limitations of showing the character, the main character, because he's modeled after the real life celebrity. Dude, 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 dude can't even have like if he does an uh, interview in a magazine or whatnot or on a website, they are not allowed to have a picture of them. All pictures and visual representations are funneled through such a bureaucratic, like political fucking time strain of uh, uh, of royalties and licensing to such a ridiculous fucking degree. Um, so. Yeah, this is uh, might honestly be the swan song of the brawler mechanic. Like that, that that's where I'm going and yeah. uh it does it fucking fantastically well. Uh it it really kind of just took notice of like the fact that like hey, we've done this uh, like uh, eight times if not more. Like there's only so much even if we with the dragon engine and incorporating multiple 
uh, fighting styles and moves. We've done this so many times. We need to get fucking weird with it. And they did. Uh, with the agent style and using, like, so many different gadgets, like, fucking summoning, like, a fleet of drones, being able to, like, use this high-tech groat wire and Spider-Man fucking people all over the place, dashing into them with rocket shoes and then fucking <laughs> launching. Yeah, it all sounds like like it's very much jumping the shark, which at this point, like... How how much can you jump the shark in a like a dragon slash yak as a game? You uh, know, with with rocket shoes. Yeah, well, but like, <laughs> bro, it works. That's how. It 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 totally like even like in the climactic showdown with the big bat at the end, uh, like Kitty uses some of his agent gadgets, and I'm like, bro, this used to be like funny as shit or silly as shit, and I'm like, this is this is raw dog. This is fucking for real. This is for all the marbles, and it, and it works so well. Like the 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 level of commitment that they put into these mechanics, it really shines. And honestly, it's the most fun I've had with the brawler mechanics. Like I, judgment kind of was just like, Hey, we're going to get real Evo with it. Like the, the literal, like secret meta combos of the, of juggling uh, when you switch just right and use the right button combinations here. It's just like, no nah, man, let's grab this dude and fucking twirl him around, slam him into a wall. This shit's wild. Like it, it, it captures the same energy of like the original uh, entries when like you would just run into a fight and then you can grab a bike and just fucking smash it into pieces on some dude. Um, so it, I, I would say it's very much for anyone who's invested and like is ready to move on and kind of just like stomach what's to come in infinite wealth. It is a must play. Uh, I would say for those who have not ever, ever played uh, Like a Dragon or Yakuza game, they're just like, what the fuck? How do I jump in? Uh, the level of attention it does to recapping all the events and summarizing it quickly without like it going over your head or feeling like long in the tooth. Like, I think it does that better than some of the entries previously that try to recap. And like, it, it very much flashes, it, like, it covers all the, the beats that you need to remember. Uh, from one, two, three, four, especially three, uh, four, five, and six, like it covers all of that. And then like the ending, like, dude, I was bawling. I was in tears. It, it get like, I, I felt from, you know, feeling cheated to just like, this is the end that I got. If I don't play it, which I will play as Kiryu again, but like, I, I think the, the, just that alone, if we were to walk away from the character, we were able to beautifully do it with that game. And, like, the fact that it's done in a fucking Gaiden. Like, it's it's not even, like, a technical main entry. It's mind-boggling, but it tells me that uh, Ryuga Kotoku, like, saw the criticism, saw, like, the, the attention that... Like, they basically saw, like, the fanfare that people wanted out of its main star, its hero. And they're like, you know what? This dude gets fucked all the time. Let's, like... Let's really, at the very least, give him, like, a modicum of closure or something to, like, put him on the right step on the right path. So that that's my personal game of the year. Uh, I can honestly see myself replaying it a little bit, but I'm actually on the verge of completing it outright. I am two achievements away from getting all of it. Ooh, nice. Yeah, no, it's it's really sunk its fucking hooks into me. Uh, your number one game, my dude. Uh, speaking of serious hooks, this is a technicality too, by the way, because the uh, there was a, a physical edition, a limited edition, in fact, released for it uh, in 2023, but it was uh, originally released in 2021. Tetris Effect Connected. 
And uh, I don't think there's been a game in the last year that's really sort of resonated with me as much as Tetris Effect in general has. Um, I, I bought this game seven times in the last year. Seven times. I've, I've got three versions on PS4. I've got... We've got I have a, three versions on PS4, though. You mean like just physical, digital, and then like limited edition? Japanese, uh, <laughs> Japanese oh. version, digital English, Japanese connected limited edition. Then we've got it on both Switches. Then we've got it on both PCs. Uh, yeah, we, we bought it seven times. I will buy it again on PS5. It's going to happen. Uh, so, I, and my question is, when you do, like, is that going to push you to jump to PSVR 2? Or are you just satisfied with hey, what man, you have already? PSVR 2 is already in the works, my guy. It's true. Uh, oh, okay. There and you, you go. <laughs> you want to know the irony of it all? So I did get PSVR 1. Right. Um, and I knew that PSVR 2 was going to have to be a thing because of Tetris Effect. But I've got a stack of maybe 10 PSVR games. I've only played Tetris in VR. It's honestly, it, it is to my in my opinion. If there were three system sellers for the reason, like you should even invest in PSVR, that it's one of them. To yeah. me, like the, I think just Moss Res and Tetris Effect are reasons alone to have a VR still connected. But I mean, there's others like Job Simulator and so on. Like oh, it, sure. it's yeah, just yeah. yeah. But uh, let me tell you though. I've I've got all three of those, <laughs> dude. I and, do. And you, at some point, I promise you, you should really set some time aside for for res. Uh, those other two, especially Moss. I think. Yeah. I I would love the day that you're like, hey George, I played Moss, and I would love just to hear you gush about it. I oh, know you will gush about it. It's chilling in the stack. It is. Uh, so yeah, I'll uh, one one of these days this year, I'll I'll set a day aside and just kind of explore these these worlds that that, that I haven't been able to find the time for definitely res though um i recently played res on the for for ps2 mm -hmm. on a ps3 <laughs> uh that was actually uh, not, the, not the last stream but the stream before we went through the whole game it was mm -hmm. it was quite the trip and uh and yeah I, i'd like to see what res infinite is all about um that's another one that i'm sure i'll get on on ps5 as well when the time comes mm -hmm. but uh more to the point though tetris effect connected it really is the ultimate Tetris game. Like, I've got 70 versions of Tetris. I have Tetris on a chicken nugget. I've got the rare uh, Wonder Swan version, which kind of brings it full circle, uh, where Tetris was a system seller on the Game Boy, and Gunpei Yokoi made the uh, uh, the Wonder Swan that ended up passing, had, its, had his own puzzle game named after him, and then Tetris made its way to Wonder Swan after the fact by Vanguard Works. Um, I've got that one. I've got CDI Tetris. I've got spinoffs like Bombless, but none of them are as good as Tetris Effect Connected. And the 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 visuals and sound, obviously, a big part of that. Um, it really is a journey for the senses, much like Astro Ninja Man DX, but much much more in, involved. Um, it's no secret that, like you know. Uh, as a player of of games like Res, for example, that Tetris Effect would appeal to me because Tetsuya Mitsuguchi is also behind it, um, and you, you, I could I could tell because there was little flourishes of Luminous in there as well, which was another game that I was deeply deeply invested in when the PlayStation Portable first uh, hit the scene. Um, 
but yeah, just to have it everywhere was a goal that I want that I wanted uh, to to achieve, and it really is it really is something special. And I, I knew that very early on, and sort of going through and finally getting to the uh, the the ultimate build up at, in the final stage, just even in one go. Uh, there, there's like a one credit clear aspect to it that I really enjoy. Uh, the journey mode is great. All the extra modes are like they're super challenging but doable. Um, you know, I've I've got most of the achievements I believe on PlayStation. No, I've got the most on uh, most of the achievements on Steam actually. PlayStation, I have to do them all again, but that's not so much an issue. The multiplayer is even a lot of fun because there's there's modes where you can collaborate with two other people to fight against a boss field. Or a player can play as the boss, so it's basically three on one. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. There there are so many great ideas that uh, that have been implemented into the the myriad modes that are included in this one release. There's literally something in there for literally everyone. Uh, if you're competitive, if you just want to chill out, if you just even if you just want to listen to the music and look at the sounds, there's a mode for that. You don't even have to play the game. <laughs> I mean, you you got to unlock them, but you don't have to play the game to see to see and listen to the elements that make each particular stage unique from the last. Uh, you can even remix them, which is kind of neat. So you're like, it's like your your own private Tetris DJ station, um, which again is even great. Great is even. We're gonna have to edit this. Is even more. What am I trying to say? I've forgotten. My train of thought is gone. It's a great game. That's all it is. It's, it's, <laughs> I would it's say it's probably game. more yeah. extensive than like you could even perceive. Like the fact that you were able to get so involved, like the immersion. Yeah, exactly. Like there's there's so much that you can do with this game, even just on uh, on the basis of sitting down and just decompressing. That you don't even have to play the game, but you can listen to the music, which is amazing. Again, by the way, um, if. You, you can actually listen to the whole soundtrack on Spotify. It's on there. Uh, you don't even need the CD soundtrack that came with the collector's edition, which is half the reason I bought it. Also, it comes in a J block, which is kind of neat. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've man, Tetris Effect connected. It's so good. It's a game that Dave even got into quite a bit. Um, I'll send you a clip, too. There was a pretty funny, uh, pretty funny thing that happened during some multiplayer madness on stream that uh that i think you'd get a kick out of but yeah man tetris effect connected it has to be the 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 game that i spent the most time with and resonated with the most in 2023 by far and you know i and i totally get it i get the vibe of that and i'm happy to hear like i'm just happy that like because we've all been kind of saying, hey, there's a way to experience this that would go because i know you had those um, you 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 kind of had those aversions to just the VR uh setup just because of the fact that you were worried that maybe the the sensation is going to be lost on you given like various visual challenges that we all have between ourselves and whatnot. So I know that that was like a concern you shared, but I'm just happy that you you took the dive that you saw an opportunity you grabbed it and then you experienced it and you're just like whoa what the fuck i see what they're saying now and that's that's uh, what brings joy was, in my heart it was worth the headaches <laughs> i'm sorry to hear that they gave you headaches it's just how it is with me but i'll tell you what there was this one the one of the the most defining parts of my entire experience in vr with tetris effect 
I was in the Dolphin Surf Stage, which uh, I believe the track is called You and I. And in the middle of it all, I kind of got a little exhausted visually, right? I had to take a, a second to, to, you know, recompose. There's a lot of and fluidity I, in that stage. I get it. Like, yeah. you can get actual, like, somewhat, mo like, there's a sense of inertia. Like, there's a motion sickness to it. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But here's the thing. I paused the game, and I looked to my right, and there was a seagull right beside my head. <laughs> Yeah, dude, no. I, dude, if you turn all the fucking way around, it's even like if you get curious and you're just like, I'm going to I'm just going to go for it. Like um, and you literally, have literally inches from my head, this thing's wing and I'm I can move around it and I'm scrutinizing. <laughs> I'm scrutinizing this this virtual seagull that I didn't know existed until I pressed the pause button and looked to my right. <laughs> it was something else. Um, I don't know if it like. It's the windmill stage where oh. the, it's just a bunch of floating windmills and then there's like a lot of debris coming down. Yeah, and uh, the background it, just like whips by at a million frames a second. Yes, that's yeah. where that's one where I'm just like, all right, I I may need to take somewhat of a breather. Mm. Um the uh the Chinese New Year uh in, in influenced or I would say inspired level with the drums. Yeah. Probably was the one that res yeah, dude, there's so many there's so many like bespoke moments that really kinda just stick with you and really just I don't know, dude, like it it, it makes I, I this might be the most pretentious thing I say in the year twenty twenty four, but like it really makes Tetris like the art of like the act of Tetris of like, you know, arranging falling blocks to clear them while they endlessly fall feel like a second nature uh, like an like an action that's second nature, like feel as natural as breathing and blinking and whatnot. Just in the fact that it immerses you and like it is is it is a, like in and of itself an extension of what you do as like just putting two feet in front of one another to walk across the street, and you're doing this in this fucking surrealistic environment. Yeah, no, I I one hundred percent totally agree, and I'm just happy that like you really got to experience that and i look forward to you experiencing it further when you fucking grab up <laughs> any other updates uh, for sure yeah I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say that i'm 100 percent with you on your on your sentiment there it really does become an extension of yourself and when you get when you get used to the act of like hard dropping t-spinning and just otherwise efficiently clearing as many lines as possible in as short a time as possible mm -hmm. uh yeah, it's, it really does feel like it, it becomes second nature. My, my longest game lasted two hours. I, Jesus I got, Christ. Dude. I got over, I think it was like... In VR? Point, no, not not in VR. My okay. two-hour two uh, run was on PC, and I ended up mm -hmm. getting like a two million score on it. I cleared 2,000 lines. I, I couldn't... Like, at some point, the, the butt falls asleep. Like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, the, that's the danger of playing Tetris on the can, by the way. Oh, Jesus. So I think with that said, I've been kind of mulling it over and like, I'm really like, I think we came in here. I, I like that 
you know, I don't think we came in with the uh, intention of being subversive. Like we came in here, like I, I, I imagine our lists may have been a little bit more obscure as opposed to some other lists, but I, I really think we, we did cater and capture to uh, all of our various sensibilities. I've been thinking about it more and more, and especially with more of the time that I put in. I personally think as far as the podcast for the Press Pause Radio stamp of Game of the Year for 2023... Uh, and I'm going to reach out to Andrew now because I'm sure we might get his agreement. So this is mostly an argument made for you, my dude. And like, if anything, it's just one of those we really got to get you to play it. But I, I'm really feeling Alan Wake too. Alan Wake two. See, that's the thing though. Uh, Alan Wake one wasn't really on my radar, and I remember selling it. Like I had to sell it. That was part mm-hmm. of my job at the time. But. Uh, but I, I never got much feedback on it. Uh, it. It does sound like something that's definitely worth a look. Um, that's it's Xbox, right? Xbox only. It's on and, no and or PC. It's a, it's a PC. So if you're doing it PC, you have to do it through Epic Game Store. That's how I'm doing it. Right, but like okay. they have a sale on it. I I don't mind Epic Game Store. If anything, I'm learning that like it's 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 still in beta. <laughs> like I can't yeah. do a profile picture. Uh, but like, I don't mind it. It runs and operates the way I need it to. And at the end of the day, dude, like I don't even need to run it through the dashboard. I could just download a shortcut, run it all independent of Epic. Um, you know, at the end of the day, eh, it doesn't need to be on steam. Uh, it could be on GOG. It can be on whatever it needs to be, but yes, it is on PC. Uh, it is on Xbox. It is on PlayStation. I will not be coming to switch. Um, well, it is Steam yeah. Deck compatible, uh, and it will not be getting a physical version, which is like the biggest bummer. But that uh, might change. Super weird, yeah. It is weird because it's like it is a like the I I think it has more prestige in its release and Control, but I think Control just didn't sell enough physical copies to kind of recoup, you know, the decision that went into it. And to be honest, like I, I'm still. Control did so well critically, but, like, I'm not... I still have my gripes with it personally. But, like, Alan Wake, dude, like, I would say the first one, it, it definitely, it, it, like, what we... It, it, and, again, I'll always boil it down. It's a Luigi's Mansion for adults. And, like, it does some neat it does, things. It is. It is. It does some neat things. But, like, now take that concept and then expand it to... um Almost, I want to say, not necessarily linked to the past because that might be a little misleading because they are different worlds. However, uh, you're basically playing two games in one yeah. and where you're exploring and finding different objectives that can absolutely interfere. Well, not interfere, but they can interject and support. They supplement the other's playthrough. And then, like I said, I had a theory where because they both use the same, uh, you know, save room dynamic uh, that there's a item management for your extra items, you know, survival horror trope extraordinaire. Uh, But I think that those uh, storages are interchangeable between the two. So you even have means to kind of uh, increase and otherwise expand and develop your characters in ways that aren't outright said. Like there's a lot of depth to it and the voice acting and, and story of it, like dude, just the use of 
uh, real-time actors and real-time footage juxtaposed like in visuals and the humor, the rock opera, the phony <laughs> commercials, like the like. There's very much a living, breathing world built. Um, thanks to Alan Wake, to the so much so that like Max Payne, Control, and Quantum have all been like given their own worlds. There are characters now in Control that are finding their way into Alan Wake too, and it makes sense. It's not like that weird. Like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson pulling up, like, the Avengers Initiative end credit scene. Like, no, they all belong there, and they, they've made efforts to cohesively bring them together in a way that feels meaningful. Uh, I, like I said, I, I, I don't know. That's me. I could see you enjoying it as far as... It's, like, it's not heavy-ass shooter, too. Like, the shooting tension is just enough to where I think they've even refined it and uh, made it, like, quasi-Silent Hill. It's got a quasi Silent Hill vibe to it, my dude, without like the creepy, gross tentacle porn. The ray tracing is pretty good in it. It is. Jesus Christ. Dude, it's such a beautiful game. And you know what? So there is a code that I accidentally got and I put in the chat for everyone. I accidentally rebought Alan Wake Remastered. So I'm like, one of you guys could totally just get this free. Um, but, dude, I, w- I would love to, if you give it the college try do it like it it has like i would say the first hour is slow and then that's it afterwards it just keeps going and it never stops yeah if i got 80 bucks kicking around is it really 80 dollars on epic if you were to go through well because like it should be on sale 79.99 canadian standard price yeah dude we'll figure something out yeah we'll figure something out because oh, like, there's a deluxe I, edition for 106 and uh, that has the expansion pass. Yeah, which <laughs> I, I'm I'm holding off on because so far it's just cosmetics. It's just like, hey, yeah. do you want to put Saga in this outfit or Alan in this outfit? Hmm, so, um, so yeah. anyways, uh, I'll definitely uh, take take a boo. I'm mean, sure it's sure to go on sale sooner rather than later. It's already on. Well, like, yeah, because it's normally like 60 bucks, but it's 30 for Epic. So that's why I'm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I we'll, we'll figure I'll, something I'll, out. I'll see about this. I, it's not letting me go into my Epic account. I got to figure that out. But mm. I'll, I'll but see what's up. if yeah. you ever, I, how about this? I see it going on Games Pass. I, I just, I do. And oh, like, probably, I don't say that yeah. to the, yeah. And at some point, the moment it hits Games Pass, like, please. Uh, also, if you, if you're easy, if you love easy Chivo farming, man, <laughs> it, it is, it is a Chivo buffet. So, the all right. Feature, I, yes, I I feel good. I know. Uh, I I'm we, we we went ahead and sent our a correspondence to Andrew, uh, but I think he'll feel really good about it. Uh, I feel great, honestly. You are winner. If there was a game that like I had no hesitation to tell people to play, because like every every game has its hesitation, you know, like uh, Tears of the Kingdom, like big time sink, you know. So I I would tell people to play it, but I I don't know. I wouldn't tell them like it's. Like I've gone to bed already a couple times thinking about Alan Wake too. Like, cause it it it's just that good. Like there there it's just so the craft of it is so amazingly done. Um, I I would think that like it's one of those that I think still um inhabits like the spirit of the video game to where like it has this full fledged world and what like basically shit where you're just like cause I'll agree with you the first one didn't do that. The first one was kind of like, we want to do something different from Max Payne, but like we kind of still want to shoot stuff. But we're going to do it with Stephen King. 
and that's it. <laughs> that's Alan <laughs> Wake. Uh, but now it's just like, well, okay, there's Stephen King, but what if it was fucking Twin Peaks and it was really fucking wild and like you just see this dude with his bare ass dick out and like it's fucking gross and like all of it's weird as shit. That's Alan Wake too. <laughs> so uh, I I cannot um, recommend. And then like um, American Nightmare, which is like three bucks fucking everywhere. Um, is basically like, oh, well, okay, what if we did that, but it's Evil Dead? <laughs> so, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I cannot stress enough, and it's it's so wild that it 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 has a, such a bigger role than like, anyway. Um, but yeah, man, I feel good about that. You know what we didn't do, and like, I want to continue the trend of not doing. Um, what was that? I, we didn't do a three wheeled Mako of Shame, and oh like, yeah, I would say. It, to me, we're all the layoffs, and I think that's obvious. Like, yeah, that was uh, it. Was pretty rough. It was super rough uh, throughout the entire year, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of getting to be that again. Like, Unity is looking at some additional layoffs, so uh, uh, projected eight hundred. Um, and then there was another studio that had to close its doors. I don't remember. And that, and again, we're on the, like, we're in the middle of January. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think, uh, hopefully, um, publishers kind of realign their projections because I think what had happened is that there was a boom in sales, uh, and just the overall, just a medium of video games because of the pandemic. And the fact that people can do it. and like you can even look at it in sales charts. And now with like just a shift to normalcy, there are these elevated expectations to where even something that would have been considered uh, f- financially viable and successful years ago is now considered a loss by comparison and contrast. And I don't feel like expectations are being aligned to demonstratively keep this as a, a viable means of uh, a medium, both from a consumer standpoint and a career standpoint as, as someone involved directly with the industry. So yeah, I, that that's my vote for it. It just fucking sucks shit. Like I hated editing the last episode where we we're just like, man, all this shit happened as I'm publishing, like more layoffs. I'm not sure what I would, consider three-wheeled Mako. Uh, do we remember what I said last year? Uh, I think we actually omitted doing a three-wheeled last year. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to say the Astro City Mini V. <laughs> 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 Fuck that thing. It's yeah. so bad. It's so bad. It's it's unplayable. The whole thing is unplayable. I, I don't know if I'd agree, but you know what? I will say um, a lot of those games uh, have I've been able to get running on a mister that I can do vertically. Oh yeah, there, there. I I am perceiving the lag. So you yeah, know. so take that, and then there's even more. Oh, dude, no, yeah. there there was a three wheeled Mako of shame. Would you like to know what it was? What was it? Your Astro City minivan. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, bad. no, uh, I think last year we actually each chose one. Oh, okay. So uh, well, yeah, what would it be no. This year, then there has to be something that I played that wasn't great. What was it? I don't know. It's hard to say. 
I didn't like Tokyo very much. Oh, which one? Uh, well, uh, Scramble Formation. That that game sucked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no um, thanks. Man, you know what? The fuck, man. What was a game I just really bounced off of? Like it was just so bad. I'm just like, this is fucking uh, poop from a butt. Uh, and I just don't like. It was just bad. Um. God, yeah, it's not. It's not coming. To me. My my. Th- okay, so mine. Honestly, the the layoffs. Of course, I'm yeah. sure. Like, I think we can all agree with that. But the only other thing I can think of are the game awards. Like, they they did, did you did you watch a second of it? I. You know what? I haven't fucked with the game awards since Jack Black did a song in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been that long. <laughs> it has that, been. That immediately turned me off from the entire thing. Mm. It's it's gotten worse. It's gotten to more celebrity pandering and the, bullshit at the expense of you know the art, the art itself. <laughs> yep. So, uh, all right. With that, I I'm feeling good about episode end. What about you? I I think we've we've arrived. We've arrived. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, if you like what you listen to, uh, I, we were talking about it pre-recording. Uh, the end is nigh. I I am getting ready to do more video publishing uh, and do more video content. Uh, Ed, I, Andrew, we're gonna be doing a lot of fun, more fun video shit. Fuck, I would love to do a tier list of cheese. Like, I'm down for it. I'm here for it. Um, and with that. In addition to the video content that you can find uh, at youtube.com slash the PPR broadcast, uh, you can also find us on our Twitch, uh, which is twitch.com slash press pause, or I'm sorry, twitch.tv slash press pause radio. Uh, you can also find uh, our editorial and our podcasts all at www.presspauseradio.com, uh, where we are available not only through our direct RSS feed, where you can download and listen to this very podcast, you can find it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and 69 other directories. Uh, several different nice, means to... by the way. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I would have said 70, but Stitcher, Stitcher went... So, you know, and it was great while it lasted, but we're still on uh, Scatter. Uh, we're still on SoundCloud. Uh, and uh, among others, we have bunch of bunch of options that you can totally check in on and take advantage of uh for the show that i would honestly love 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 for you guys uh give it a listen but uh in addition to that we we've got plenty of other stuff on the way um and this year uh new year's resolution i'm among also doing uh you know more uh emphasis on video features i want to bring games clubs back because uh, I feel like that gives us all an opportunity to like you know get each other involved in playing like out of our comfort zone. And you know what, Ed? I want us to do a games club of something that you are into, just so that way we don't have to like shift you out of your comfort zone so much. I want to like fuck it. I'll do Persona Four Golden. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I'll do something. <laughs> it's a fair. That... It's, it's widely available enough. So yeah, maybe. Yeah, like I would love to get that going but speaking of which 
bullet heaven, my guy. Like, and again, you've been re- I've been loving the new episodes. I really have. I uh, yeah, I'm trying to take a step away from them being actual reviews and just more of a more of a like ADHD info dump. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like. They were never meant to be reviews to begin with, so for them not to have, like, I mean, sure, there's stars at the end, but that's just kind of like my personal feelings on how strongly I feel of those aspects. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not meant to be a review, it's just meant to be, yeah, here's a cool game that I found and I wanted to play, let me talk about all the nuance, and hopefully you enjoy my, uh, you know, endless drivel. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the new ones, I've, I've been adding jokes. To my uh, <laughs> to my videos lately, mm-hmm. and uh, some of my favorites are the uh, Uwu uh, game case girl uh, in Air <laughs> Twister. That that was that was a pretty funny one. I thought I was I was laughing pretty hard when it all came together. <laughs> when it all came together, uh, the Western version of Dio. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Jesus Christ. Um, what was another good one? Oh right, Wigglebeam Supreme in the Raiden Three review. I love yeah. toothpaste laser, dude. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm, I'm for it. Wiggle Beam Supreme for the win. So I mean, yeah, um, that was just I, I try to do something something funny in in every episode now, just to sort of break up what could be seen as a bit of monotony. And uh, mm-hmm. I try to I, I'm putting a lot more personal uh, personal feeling into it instead of it being a clinical. This is what it is. This is why it's not supposed to be. You know, why it's not a five out of five, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, why it only gets a one out of this and that. It's just. You know, yeah, it's a cool game. There's not even a call to action. <laughs> I don't even tell you where to get it. You can you can find it if you want it. It's not that hard, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's as as a non-review. There's there's no need for a call to action. So I think to that end too, it also feels it, it'll also make it feel like I'm less of a shill. That's a big criticism that I've had in the past. Oh, you're just saying you're, you got a free copy of the game. You see, give it a good review. It I mean, that, that, that's sort of the, the, the YouTube curse among mm. any like content creation yeah, or publication. It always, it always used to grind my gears a bit though, because like, did you not watch my arcs and Raijin review? Like, <laughs> God, oh, I, I, I panned that game or like second. Well, no, wait, not, not second life. That's a different thing. Remote life. No, Mm. Nah, you, you want to you want to see me get a free copy of a game and uh, beyond? Well, like I'm honest about everything, but like it demonstrates that I'm not in it just for free stuff, you know? No, yeah. So. If anything, dude. Again, like, <sighs> but I'm sponsorless now. I don't. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't get free games. I, I buy everything that I cover. Right, and and just whether we go out and we purchase the game or we are given a voucher for review or coverage purposes does not diminish or otherwise influence our overall view of said game. Like, Mm. I'm sorry. That's just, if you believe that to be the case, then I I can't do anything for you and your brain worms, but like (laughs) I, I can't, but just know that like objectivity, the ethics like in what you perceive them to be like it's a responsibility like man i'm not fucking like if i'm given a work vehicle to use to complete my work that doesn't put me in it like the the vehicles being used for work purposes like granted it's not entirely the same as as far as an analogy because 
the content I could be given, I could then use for recreation at some point or other. But my obligation to it is in and of itself for critique and coverage to basically give you our opinion and and our details as to why I believe it's worthy of your limited time and energy for recreational purposes. And like, you know, if you believe that that's colored by the fact that we didn't pony up money for it, we ponied up time. We ponied up energy. Everyone does. Like, so really, like, fucking reassess and reevaluate these stupid assertions or assessments. Especially the fact that, like, you know, if you wish for your opinion and for your stance to be looked at and uh, respected or or trusted, that you're going to do so earnestly from a honest and ethical place. And people will see that, you know? So take that as it will. Uh, but yes, I, I am excited to see more of what you're doing. I love the energy. Um, yeah, I, you can... It's, it's all on the the youtube page there it's uh, still youtube.com slash studio mud uh you can also follow me on x slash twitter at etrem 88 or on blue sky uh, i'm on blue sky as uh at etrem no yeah we need to get we're i i've been putting off but i have a voucher code to get press pause radio on blue sky um, and kind of want to get that going. But we're also on Instagram, and I haven't done shit with that. So really, really just need to coordinate our networking um, and kind of get that hive mind of uh, coverage and detail going. But it's, it's uh, like nonetheless... That, it's like that, that meme that's going around there. It's just like, you know, it's um, <laughs> like a picture of the Instagram account with like the, um, what am I trying to say? The, uh, you know, that movie there, uh, Starship Troopers. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. And then that guy right at the end... <laughs> I'm not doing shit. <laughs> no, I yeah, didn't that do would shit. Yeah, I didn't fucking rig shit. I didn't do fucking shit. Uh, kudos to Tim Robinson for getting his flowers and getting that reward. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, well, Andrew sends his loves as as he's muscling in some groceries, um, and he's at, on at board. Tar-Jay. At Tarje, bro, that pickup. You know, sometimes you got like if if you don't pick it up for a while, they put that shit back. It's true. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I I cannot wait to you know kind of get together and talk about more of what we've been playing. I would love to kind of dive into Void Stranger. Uh, I just recently really invested into Smash Remix, which holy shit, I've never seen such an overhaul of a Nintendo sixty four game done so fucking beautifully and runs so incredibly on a flash cart because that's like one of the that's not a system that gets a lot of um mod or translation love like here and there but nowhere near as much as like playstation or saturn i mean it's also it's also kind of difficult right nintendo makes it really hard it does but like you know wonder project j2 it got that translation Mm. sheeran the fucking wanderer 2 it got that translation uh fucking there that new dating sim got a Wii version of Shiren that I should probably play at some point. I, I I've been playing the Tower of Fortune and and uh and Dungeon Dice or whatnot or Dice something like it involves the word dice in that 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 new oh. Shiren. I think it's basically the layman is Shiren Six. Uh, it's really good, but holy shit, um, I haven't picked it up again because I died super far. Like I had the best run ever. And now I just have my code floating out there on discords and, and forums like, please revive me. 
and like I don't even know if I can anymore. I think I'm just gonna have to swallow my shit and start all over. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Georgia Boy, and I'm I'm feeling good about 2024. This is fun, and like I I despite the shit that uh, you know the game industry was in 2023, and uh, in, in, you know as far as the industry, I'm really hoping that that turns around and that video games can be fun for everyone, and I'm feeling good about it. And this is Etrem, and I don't know. I'll reserve my judgment on the t- for the thirty first of December, twenty twenty four. Uh, well, with at, at least this January is moving, because yeah. like at, nothing fucking sours a year more when you feel like you're on January thirty fourth. So <laughs> fucking, <laughs> and it's and it's and you know what? It's a leap year too. So boy, That's boy, true. goddamn howdy, <laughs> fucking, we'll do it. And Andrew says. Uh, hey, uh, being an adult sure is fun. That that, that was uh, <laughs> that was his take. So good, good on us, man. Lives, all mortal lives expire. Souls go to their dooms in flame. in the cause, curtain falls, but hold your applause, squirm, squirm, for now down here come the claws. It's over this house of hope. 